Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Luca's Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation, I'll tell you guys, unless you've been living under a rock for the last two years, more than likely you know who this guy and his brand is. Uh, We're really, really fortunate to have him on our episode today. And I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of value here because this is someone, you know, we've interacted from afar and I'm excited to get to know him today. Uh, But this is someone who cares about his community. He cares about his brand, cares about helping and serving people. And I'm honored to have you on our show today, Aaron. Aaron Novak, the co-founder and CEO of Slab Stocks and the growing, growing brand that's all over sports cars and the hobby. It's good to have you here today, Aaron. Andrew, thank you so much, man. I've seen you guys producing podcasts daily for a long time now, so I'm glad I'm finally here. Cage hit me up the other week, and uh, we made it happen. I can't believe it's been this long. I can't believe it took this long to get you on. That was the deal. I was like, what the hell? How do we not have Cage. this guy on? Yep. Cage, you, you've appeared on two of our podcasts at the time I finally got into one of yours. That's it. That's it. We're two to one, so I owe you one. There we go. But, is uh, is but, that because Cage is the Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey and Michael Jordan like connoisseur expert? Yeah. Yeah, that's not, what it seems like. He's not telling you that. He just they need an old guy to fill in like the 90s stuff. That's what it is. You know, like somebody who was alive and collecting. Because these guys, <laughs> yeah. they weren't even born. They weren't even born when Griffey was playing. It's crazy that's stuff. It's true. amazing. I, I was born in 98, so I'm uh I'm quite a bit <laughs> after quite a bit after when Ken Griffey and uh, MJ debuted. Oh man. Well, tell, so tell me, you came on here, you said, you know, it's been a crazy 24 hours for you, Aaron. Um, this week, you released Slabstock Breaks. Uh, you have Slabstocks FC. What I admire from about you is how professional you are with your content, with your voice, with trying to help people. I know it's not easy. So tell us, what's the last 24 hours or the last week been like for, for you in the Slabstocks brand? So it's it's been quite the journey. So as much as most of you know, who's probably watching or listening to this podcast, uh, we, our plans was were to drop uh, drop Slab Stocks Pro, our data platform, uh, in the summer and then in the fall and then hopefully you know in this winter. And as Cage has been saying uh, to me, he's like, "Hey, when's it coming?" Like, yeah. Slab Stocks still hasn't dropped their Slab Stocks Pro, and it's it's hundred percent true. We, we ran into some massive hurdles with uh, connections to outside sources. Uh, I think a lot of you probably know what the outside source is. Who's listening? Not going to name it by name, but uh, there's been some some major some major bumps in the road that's preventing us from launching at the moment. We were all ready to go, and uh, we kind of got the the pause button pressed, which really hurt us. And uh, what our plans were to launch in and get into people's hands, we had thousands of people pre-registered, ready to get their hands on it, and to have something like that be delayed uh, just at the snap of a finger is not you know to our doing. It, it's hard because it's hard for me, as many of you know out there watching and listening, like. I'm a hustler. I'm always out there creating content, always out there trying to find the next thing to help you guys with and uh, hearing from someone else that I can't do it in the moment. And it's not because of my fault. It's because it's someone, you know, waiting on something else. It, it just, it pains me. So with that being said, in the meantime, we we're like, Hey, we need to find ways to get new content out there. We need to find ways to connect with our audience more to get people's hands on sports cards. Cause mission at slab stocks is to make sports cards accessible and not just sports cards, but trading cards. Also, as we we're launching a Pokemon brand very soon. Uh, very, very soon we're launch, launching another brand, just like Slabstocks FC, launching a, a Pokemon brand. And uh, really, f- first first glimpse here, If you, I don't know when this is getting posted, but it'll probably be up before uh, before I announce this, but Pocket Stocks is the name. So pulling in the name of Pocket Monsters oh, from I like Japan. Pocket Monsters, I like it. Yeah, it, it's going to be cool. I'm really excited about that. But uh, 
So basically, yeah, trying to make sports cards accessible for everyone in different ways. So we see so many people getting involved today with high budgets, with people with low budgets that have a difficult time trying to find ways to get involved. And we want to bring that all together for everyone. We're really aiming at the general sports card user getting their hands on cards. And one way for us to do that was to introduce Slab Stocks Breaks, offering pack breaks, offering group breaks, offering different rates. You know, we had packs available for last night's stream, which was our kickoff. So when I say crazy 24 hours, last night was a kickoff of Slab Stocks Breaks. We did the first live stream ever. I had no idea what to expect. I've never live broke cards for anyone. I've done pack breaks my entire life since I was 10 opening packs, but I've never done it for anyone else. I've never done it really in a YouTube live stream setting. And I went live for four and a half hours last night, opening packs until uh, it's like 1030 central time. How are you feeling this morning, by the way? How's Dude, your neck? I, I'm, my neck hurts. My voice is kind of gone dead tired. It, it was a lot. Yeah. And uh, I've got some tremendous help behind the scenes, though, helping out setting up all this stuff. It was so much prep. It was so much whose packs or who's, you know, getting the break set up, listing the products. First time really using our shopping cart set because we put limits on all these because like I was kind of saying, making these accessible, it's not accessible if we offer product and then five people with big budgets swoop in and scoop them all up. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone could get their hands on it, which is why we're offering the pack breaks. I think we sold over 120 individual packs last night and then did a group break with 30 spots. So lots of people got to get their hands on packs and we did do limits. So it takes more time to make the labels, to set it up and all that jazz. And then, yeah, we went, went live and I broke them all myself over four hours and it was crazy. I mean, there's just so much to, to take away from that. Our community is amazing, first of all. Uh, for the last two, two years and some change, I've focused so much on building brand, building community, putting money, profit, whatever you can think of to the side to really focus in on how can we build our community? How can we get more people involved? How can we get people involved with the Slab Stocks brand? How do we bring awareness to sports cards? That's really all at the forefront for us. So I put all that other stuff to the side and I really focus on that. And just to see the people that came out, there's over 1,500 people that came out last night for the first break over the four hours, uh, around 150 in a, at all times. Some people watched all four hours. It was ridiculous. And just like everyone was like so into it. They were just loving like the breakdown of the cards. I was trying to treat it differently than most breakers do. If you go on a YouTube stream, an Instagram stream, and you're watching breakers, I mean, they're just flying through the cards, trying to get through as many packs as they can because the more packs, the more profit, the more boxes, the more profit. Um, for me, I really want to make into the show a learning curve, somewhere, something that people can come in, enjoy, talk to each other, talk to me, I'll answer questions, I'll talk about the cards, I'll give history on the sets, because I've been involved in basketball and modern cards for so long, I know the sets really well, I understand the history behind it, I can share that with others, and I can answer people's questions, and, and whatever it might be, really turn it into an event where people want to come and hang out much more versus like, hey, I'll see that stream later because I can fast forward and see all the packs that get broken. And it did lead to some learning curve like, hey, like some of this stuff takes forever. Some of it doesn't take as long. Uh, Chronicles was a really big issue for me last night because Chronicles basketball, when I break it by the pack, I want to sleeve all the rookie cards for people. But that takes forever because there's like five rookie cards a pack. And, you know, I knew of Chronicles. I knew of what it was and what the sets were. They included all the different sets. But I didn't actually put it together in my mind yet about like, I'm actually going to be sleeving five cards per pack for people. So now I know next time, maybe a team breaks the best way to break Chronicles because then I can sleeve them after the stream and everything. But uh, just a lot of learning, a lot of understanding what's going on. We got our next break on Saturday already. So if you're listening to it, there's a few soccer packs left, I know. And then uh, just one more thing to point out. I'm sure we have so much more to talk about this stream. and I, I ramble a lot, you guys can tell. But uh, <laughs> it was incredible because at a moment last night, 
in the team break, we had a guy named Daniel R who had the Pelicans. And of course, everyone's hunting Zion and Mosaic. And we hit a Zion Mosaic base rookie for him valued at $225 as a PSA 10. And Daniel said, hey, if you hit me another Zion, I'll donate $20 to a charity of your choice. The next thing I know, they are just streaming in because the next the next pack I open has a Zion variation rookie PSA, or it wasn't a PSA 10, Let's obviously. $330, $350 is a PSA 10, the variation out of the hanger box. So he donates $20 to our YouTube stream because there's an option in YouTube live streams where you can donate to the, yep. the streamers. So he donates $20, like he said. And I talked about this charity that I've been involved with in college called Camp Kesem. It's a place where kids can go to a camp for a full week uh, during the summer because their parents, either their parents or a relative had cancer, either passed away or has cancer. Now we, they want to give uh, children a chance to go be with college counselors who can really relate to them and just have fun and have them ignore the, the outside difficulties that they have in life. Yep. And it's uh, 500 bucks to send one kid to camp for a full week. So I kind of explained that. I said the eyes involved. I have some really close people in my life that are still involved today. And then I'm going to put the $20 to that. And the next thing you know, another $20, $15, $10, $30, $50. Someone dropped $100. And we raised 325 bucks in the very first stream for Camp Kesson because our community just saw like how excited I was to hit these cards for people. You know, I was overwhelmed with emotion because it was the first stream ever. I, had, I couldn't believe that people were donating money to something I cared about. And it really just showed me how much in sports cards. I know, I know that there's so much negative energy out there, you know, with other people. And there's also a lot of positive energy, though. I want to shine that light that if you get involved in the right communities, you understand the right people to work with, you understand the right people to interact with. There's so much good out there in sports cards that sometimes a lot of people just complain, complain, complain. They're involved in negative atmosphere. Just go find a new atmosphere, a new group, a new brand, whatever it might be. You can come to the Slapstocks brand. We always welcome everyone. Uh, live streams, YouTube, Instagram, Instagram posts, articles, anything you can think of we do. Yep. And uh, we just welcome normally, everyone. Uh, normally it's me that has to take a breath. But I'm going to tell you, take a breath for a second. I'm, a, I'm, I'm your old school guy, right? So I have to take it back old school. So um, I'll, I'll take us back in time. I'm going to hop in a DeLorean. We'll go 1.21 gigawatts mm-hmm. in the flex capacitor. Take so, us back. So it's great. Take us back we'll, go, we'll, we'll, go on, we'll go on to the brakes and the slab stocks FC and the pocket stops and I mean, yeah. everything like you're doing now. But but I, I have to say, there are probably people listening to this. We have a lot of new people into the hobby. You have 30-something thousand followers on Instagram, and I love – I love checking that out. I love looking at that because it lets me know that we have you know room to grow ourselves. But but that community is there. There are probably people who don't know who you are. There are probably people who are going to listen to this today, tomorrow, who are like, oh, who's the Slav Sox guy? You know, we jumped right into the breaks. But I'd love for people to hear. You know, I mean, you're you're 14 years old now. Um, just kidding, but 15. <laughs> so, but I'd love for people to know, like, how did this start? Like, how how did you? decide okay slab stocks this is this is what i'm gonna do this is my brand and what i'll i'll steer you with it right so i'd love to know the beginnings of it but just so that everybody listening knows i didn't break with slab stocks last night but i will and if you haven't you can break with him but here's why we have aaron on today right andrew preaches to luca nation about bringing value to people that is, that is his, if you did a mission statement for us, it's about bringing value, right? And I say it to him all the time. I'm like, Andrew, what do you want to do next? You know, what, who do you, you know, who's next sponsor? What are we going to do? He's like, I don't care about any of that right now. I just want to make sure that Luca Nation is getting value from us. And this was a key when I said, hey, Aaron, you got to get on our show because that's what I think when I think of slab stocks. It's, it's just value 
personified, right? I mean, it's, it's from daily emails that get sent out to, hey, hey, look at this auction here or look at this guy here or here's our pick or here's a forgotten brand. I'm subscribed to like four different, you know, email lists from you, it seems. I always get emails and, you know, and it's real value. It's, hey, look at this guy. We think this is undervalued. Look at this auction. Here's a comp for what it used to sell for. In addition to that, great content. We've used some of your charts ourselves in trying to show a comparison, you know, research that you're doing. It's all free. It's all great tools that are out there mm-hmm. for people who are getting into the hobby, trying to be better at the hobby, you name it. So, so tell me how it started. Tell me where the, stab, the Slab Stocks brand came from and, and, you know, give us kind of like the backstory if you can. Yeah, totally. I probably should have started with that, but you guys got me so excited about the last 24 hours. <laughs> no, uh, hopefully, it's okay. so, hopefully someone made it to this point to hear this, but uh, basically I was a sophomore in college uh, as my spring semester. And I really, I probably took a year off freshman year. Uh, that I, I'll admit that was one of the only times in my life that, that I wasn't actively involved hard in cards was freshman year of college. I was going through a transition period, you know, didn't know exactly what I was doing with my life at the moment at all. Um, and, and wasn't really in tune as I was trying to figure out schools. I just got to UW Madison. I was in the Wisconsin business school. I mean, I was trying to figure out a whole lot of stuff. So came back to his sophomore year. Um, Nate, obviously slab stocks, Nate, who was so involved with our brand. He is a, I mean, this goes even far, further back. Nate was a neighbor of mine uh, for 11 years. And this brand is completely built on friends and family involvement. Um, all of us mm-hmm. involved have all known each other our entire lives. Uh, we've, we've never, you know, not been around each other and we can really build on that together because we understand each other so well and we understand how we work. So I call up Nate, my sophomore year of college. I'm like, Nate, Hey, I, I'm starting a brand for sports cards. I know we just got back involved together with the prospect side of things, but I'm starting up slab stocks because I want to create the stock market for sports cards. That's exactly what my idea was. And that's exactly why I started slab stocks. It wasn't to create content. It wasn't to do videos. It wasn't to do breaks. It wasn't to do anything that we were doing today. I just had one end goal in my mind, which was to create the stock market for sports cards. Because truthfully, I used to do sneakers freshman year. When I got out of sports cards, I went to sneakers for about six months. And I was Where did Nate go to those. school? You guys didn't want to go to the same school? I'm, so picturing like at- super, I'm picturing like super bad. You know, the scene where you get into UW Mass, you're in the business school. Where's Nate go? So Nate bounced around from tech school to UW Eau Claire, which is about three, four uh, hours west of madison and nate's actually four years older than me so nate's four years okay. older so we're not even really in the oh, same man. realm so realm i was gonna school. have like the the, the, the slab stock story was gonna be the jonah hill michael Sarah. you know who's going to school the super bad scene you know he can be he could be jonah hill you could be michael Sarah. i mean it's yeah. actually pretty good like we should make a meme of this here you know like, oh you got into what school oh come on i can't get in that you know no, it's you know. honestly that makes sense that's funny because it makes sense but uh, <laughs> That yeah, so he's four years older. He's actually my brother's age, but we I, I became really close to Nate because our interests were so similar: sports, baseball, basketball, cards, all that stuff. So we really made a bond. And I started it to create the stock market for sports cards, a g- digital platform where you can buy and sell, track values of sports cards. And this is at a time where you see like no graphs out there of cards. I mean, mm-hmm. if you saw a graph, you probably saw a PWCC historical graph over the last like 20 years, and that was it. It's the only graph you're seeing related to sports cards is just like an all-time vintage baseball graph from PWCC. And I'm picturing this is 2016, 2017 to give people a little context. This is 2017. So like before sports cards boomed, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. I'll tell you that much. And I was, you know, I was involved in buying and selling myself. And then I wanted to do something bigger because I got such a business mindset. I mean, I, I love so many aspects of business, but there's no real like 
just like job that I like doing. I like just doing right. it all. And that's really why I knew I always wanted to do my own company. My dad had his own company and stuff. And I wanted to follow that too, but I wanted to do it with sports cars because that's what my passion was. It's really easy to take a passion and turn it into something. If you got the drive, I'll tell you that much. If you got those two things together, uh, you can do it. And we went through and we were like, Hey, we got no money. We got no followers. We got nothing. How the heck do we start? We have no IT skills. I can't code. Nate can't code. No one that I know personally can code. So we had no idea what to even do. And we said, you know what? The only way that we're ever going to be able to get someone to use something someday is by building up an audience and building up followers and building up, you know, supporters. And without that, we can't do anything, especially with no money. And you see so many places come in nowadays with million dollar funding, but no one even knows what the name of the brand is. I mean, there's places popping up left and right, but no one even knows what it is. So like, how are people even going to know about it or use it or want to use it or want to connect with it or want to trust it, it. right? Brand is trust. Trust. And here's the other thing. Stay with it. If something goes wrong along the way, I mean, one of those places hits a bump, they lose their people's trust in an instant. They're not coming back, you know, because they don't know anything about them with us spent two and a half years now building brands. So what we did was yep. I just started an Instagram account and I love data. I was in a business, business analytics class and I just started making Excel manual charts and putting data on Instagram. And it looked like crap to start. It looked terrible. There was no picture of the card. All I had was words and a chart and how the trends were going. And I remember I posted it and I was in Hayward, Wisconsin, where there's like barely any service. And I was sitting there watching it and like no one said anything. I think I had like maybe like 200 followers at the time because I was posting cards that I owned, like some prospects I was buying, but no one said anything about it. I was so bummed. I'm like, gosh, I just had this great idea, share a chart and no one even cares, you know? So I'm pausing you for a second, Aaron. I'm hitting the pause button on you, right? So because there are people out there listening and they might not be starting up a slab stocks. They might not be starting up a break room. They might not be starting up an email trail. Maybe they're starting a podcast up or maybe they are starting something like what you're doing, whatever they're starting, you know what? Maybe it's just a, you know, their own page that they want to get more followers on. Think of this, right? So you take a snapshot of where you are now with 33,000 followers. And that's just the, that's just probably the, the, you know, phase one for you. You're going to have 50,000 followers. You're going to have a hundred thousand followers, right? And you're building all of these brands, the Pokemon brand, the, the FC for football cards, the, you know, the soccer football cards, um, you know, the, the, the breaks, the, I mean, everything that you're doing that's out there two and a half years later, there are people who are at that phase right now. And, and, and what I want you to, what I want you to listen to here, guys, is, what Aaron did was he just did it, right? And it's like almost like Nike, right? It's like what Andrew told me. Let's just let's just get on a, a Zoom. Let's just record. Let's just put out some content. Let's see what people think. And, you know, you did it. That's step one. Step two, you had very little response to it. And at that moment, you could have quit. You could have said, all right, Guys, well, I this did. idea is Guys, I, going nowhere. Go ahead. So I, go for it. I, tell them. Tell I, I, I deleted. I deleted my post because <laughs> I, I, I swear I deleted it. I took it off. And I'm like, I was like, mom, dad, my brother, Bennett, I was like, guys, it's, it just, no one responded. It's dead. You know? And my brother, Bennett was like, dude, what are you talking about? This thing was up for like 20 minutes. I'm like, right. yeah, no, like, no one's, no one said anything. I'm like, yeah, but it's 20 minutes. I'm like, all right. So I, I posted it back up. And Good for you. Next, next thing I know, like three hours later, I got three comments and I'm trying to remember one of the guy's names is empire sports cards. I think he was probably in like freshman year of high school at the time. Cause I know he might be going to UW Madison next year. The next guy, his name was like Matty Ice something. He's a, I think he had some Eagles cards he posted. And then the other one was probably Sports Card Nation. So I, that's crazy. Two years back, these three people, they still follow us. I know that they don't interact as much now, but like I still remember those people's names because they're the first people that really pledged, you know, some type of trust to me. They're like, guys, this is cool. 
Like this is cool seeing a chart on a baseball card is a Bowman Chrome Alex Kirilov auto. And what I did was what Cage said. I just did it. I posted it. I had no idea what was happening next. I literally didn't even know what I was doing other than pulling a chart off of eBay and gathering sales data. The next thing you know, people were then requesting for data to be posted. So I would go and just do what other people wanted to see. I didn't even care what I was posting because it's just what people want to see. I wanted to make sure that they were, you know, learning about stuff that they wanted. They were like, oh, go pull, you know, all the 2011 update rookies of Mike Trout and Jose Altuve and stuff and compare them. And I just started to do that. And then I actually went back to Madison for a semester. So I kind of trailed off a little bit and some really hard classes. But then I just come up on uh, winter break and I, I meet a guy that was a high school alum from my high school. And he uh, was like, dude, you, you, you know what you're talking about? Cause I actually, I went to him cause I, I went to him to pitch help uh, investing with me in Bowman Chrome prospect autos. And he's like, dude, I don't care about the cards. He's like, that's not scalable. He's like, right. I, I want you to scale business. He's like, I care about your content. I care about what you're posting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I care about what people can learn. So I did it. He just said, Hey, start writing articles on what, you know, start writing articles on what people want to hear. And then it'll come eventually. And I just started putting out articles. I actually left for Barcelona in two days to study abroad for four months. So I, the first four months of slab stocks is pretty much operated abroad. And I was waking up early. I was going to bed late because of the time difference. I was posting articles. Nate was helping me write articles. And just by the time I got back, I mean, within two weeks, I was flying to see Gary V. Like he flew me oh, out no. to his office and just crazy how stuff just piles on top of each other like you you literally if i if you told me when i was in barcelona between classes posting articles and two months gary v would be buying me and nate a flight out to new york to talk to him like you never would no- expect what happens next and i can't tell you how many times through the building of our brand and the, everything that like you just never know what's going to happen you never know what opportunity is going to present itself you never know who's going to reach out you never go not going to know who you're going to talk to I've talked to people. I heard two things there real quick, just just to add a little value for our community. When you're starting out, you know, it's easy to get big eyes. You know, you see these accounts, 30,000, 50,000 followers. I heard two things there. Aaron found three loyal followers and he found one business mentor. And I think that's actually really practical, right? A business mentor to help you steer in the, just in the beginning, you know, that sale, which direction am I going? Where do I focus? And three guys to believe in you. That's huge. Second thing, and we'll get right back into your story, Aaron, because it's, it's inspiring. It's amazing. It's crazy that in 2017, baseball prospects were the game. And yep. now we're all NBA. So I hope we don't yep. lose that moment. But that's so interesting to remember. Aaron actually started in baseball prospects. And remember, yep. we call these baseball cards. And now we talk about them as basically basketball is the sports card market. Yeah. I just don't want us to lose that moment. And guys, if Aaron think- can do this, anyone can do this. You should be listening to this because, I mean, he's it's not true. smart. Listen, he can't even say Barcelona the right way. I mean, come on now. Come on. Hey, it's he's true. He's a hustler, <laughs> though. Dude, I'm telling you, he's, he's a hustler. He goes after what he wants. That's what I'm picking up. Yeah, guys, anyone can do this. You know, I'm, I'm not anyone special. I'm literally a kid from Wisconsin that grew up in Milwaukee and – Went to school. I think, I, think, and Giannis. I think you're selling yourself a little short, but really the truth of the matter is, I mean, anybody, anybody can do this, but it's the same first step for everyone, no matter what you're doing. And that is do it. Yep. Take a shot at it, you know, post something and see what happens. That's it. Yeah. So I, I do want to get back Tell to the story. about but... that first meeting with Gary. Yeah. So that's that interesting. Happen? Hey, don't let me forget about talking about the baseball prospect thing though, because I want to talk about that in terms of business later too. Uh, I but with Gary. of an elephant. <laughs> All right so with Gary I mean literally I was just I woke up in Barcelona one morning 
And I saw, I don't know if you guys remember, he like was literally like holding Giannis cards like this on his Instagram story. And I only was following him. And you're him. holding Barcelona ladies like that. He's holding Pretty the Giannis cool. cards. You're holding- Listen, <laughs> he, was there with, he was there with Nate. We all know Nate gets no, ladies. Nate wasn't there. Nate oh, wasn't even there. Then you might've had a chance because if Nate no, was I, there, I was, you forget it. Guys, I was literally sitting in a home, <laughs> I was sitting in a homestay room with an abuela that didn't speak any English. And her grandson that spoke English, so I could get the barrier down there. But I literally sat in a room for most of my time there, other than traveling here and there and sitting on the beach when I had time. But I was mostly, I was basically just posting content everywhere I was around Europe. But uh, the thing with Gary was I woke up one morning and he was posting cards and I only knew about him because of that business mentor that's telling me about that told me to just do it because he told me, he's like, Hey, follow Gary V listen to his videos and he'll just inspire you to make, you know, like it wasn't anything where he was like, dude, this guy is like the Bible. Everything he says is correct. He's literally just like, he'll just tell you to go do stuff. And like, it'll just keep you going. So basically for four months, I just watched his videos because it just kept me going. It was like, Hey, someday it's going to happen. And you know, now I'm sitting here and wow, it did. And I only knew about him because of that mentor too. So when I saw him post about the cards, I'm like, okay, some way I got to get this guy's attention. So I kind of just like, was chilling to see when he's going to post. Cause right when he posted, I had a thing written up like, Hey, I just quit my job because technically I quit an internship. I never started. I got an internship at a healthcare company to do strategy analysts, which is basically looking at analytics and making business decisions off of analytics for the company. And I quit it before I even started as one of the better jobs that they're offering at the career fair. So I was pretty fortunate enough to get that quit it about two months before, because this is even before Gary even knew who we were, because I knew I was building something. I knew I had to spend all my time here. Cause at the time, I think we went from like 200 to a thousand followers and they loved our articles and everything. I'm like, I can really do this. So I commented on this thing like, Hey, we just, I just quit my internship. I love sports cards. I just want to talk to you about it and see, you know, where you're at with it. Like, let me know. So he like, likes the comment he follows me and the only reason why i even commented was because he posted nine minutes ago and just happened to be the same time i was thinking about commenting on the post is super lucky and he must have been just on his phone at that exact moment and lou lou janu actually told me that they were driving to a sports card show the only reason why the guy was on the phone is because lou was driving and gary's sitting in the passenger seat on his phone so just like everything was just insane how it worked everything happens for a reason and He's like, tell me what you're doing. And it's basically telling me, hey, one day I'm going to build a stock market for, market for sports cards. I see EB, I see their, see their deficiencies. I might see what other people are doing in other industries. I want to do it for cards. And I love it and everything. So he's like, all right, sounds good. And he's like, uh, let me you know, set you up with Lou. So I talked with Lou for the first time. And then you know, time goes on. Nothing really happens between me and Lou and everything. And then two weeks later, I'm in Poland at midnight with my brother. And Gary messages me. And he's like, Hey, what's your name and not, or what's your phone number or something. And then next thing I know, two seconds later, he's calling me at midnight in Poland and I'm just standing outside of the hostel room. Cause there's people sleeping and I'm talking to him and he's like, that's he's like, a pretty surreal you. moment. That's a, it you is. gotta admit, Aaron, you're like, you're just brushing right through it. That's a pretty surreal moment. Cause you could have never imagined that no. one comment on an Instagram post yeah. would lead to you connecting with Gary and Lowe. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and to think about it, it's like, dude, what if I was sleeping? Like, what if I went to bed like an hour earlier? There's no way he would have probably reached back out or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it just was incredible, the timing of everything that's happened for me. And he calls me and, you know, at this time, we're literally just reporting on prospects. Keep in mind, we aren't talking about basketball cards at all. Yep. We aren't talking about anything that is mainstream today. Obviously, yep. we do now. We cater to everyone in the market. But uh, Aaron, can I ask you one quick question? And then- Yeah, go ahead. Because I see two types of 
content creators in this hobby. And I want to know what steered you to doing it this way. So I see people that go and they flaunt the cards that they have, right? They're like, hey, I bought this card, you know, for this amount and now it's this. And then I see a very few, a very small percentage, and it sounds like this is what you did, that are like, hey, look here. I've done a lot of research and I've gotten you to third base so that you can make the decision if this is something that you want to act on. How did you, that's what I think of value. I don't think of value as flaunting or showing off. I think of it as I'm going to do a lot of the homework so that it makes your decision making a lot easier. And you did that from day one. So I'm curious how you knew to do that. The only reason why I knew to do that is because I had no money. I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't go and buy those cards myself. So I want to help others do it who did have money. And I knew what, I knew what they could make money on. That's really what it came cool. down to. Um, I knew I had a way to package it together. I knew I had the smarts. I knew that Nate had the baseball knowledge because Nate, you know, he's a card guy now, but back in the day, I mean, cards were like kind of his secondary thing. Like he's like, Oh, baseball cards are cool. You know, I can collect them, but he never really saw it as a business model. Like me, he saw it as like, I love baseball. So I got this card of this guy and I took his knowledge combined with my knowledge, then took Sam's knowledge who Sam dunks now, like our huge YouTube show, which is the biggest show we have. And, and he's got basketball knowledge. Now he knows the card market super well. And really it was just like, couple guys don't got the money to spend themselves. So let's help people who do have the money spend it and make money on it. And from there just kind of kept going that way. And, you know, I collect, I still, I've collected since I was 10 years old, even before that um, it's a passion of mine. I mean, I love cards. The only reason why I'm doing this is because I love cards. There's no way I last two and a half years of, you know, making like no money and struggling and just doing content all the time. If I don't love cards, like it just doesn't happen. Um, and I love helping others too. That's another huge driver for me. And that's really the only way that, that I'm here. I mean, so, okay. Back to Poland. So inside the hostel, you know, people are on Tinder. They're hoping to get phone call or FaceTime from their girl. You get a FaceTime. Wait, wait what's tin Tinder? What'd you say? Yes. You were, you're right. We're not sponsored by them. So I'm going to take that back. Tin- so <laughs> I think Aaron you, gets- didn't you tell me you don't use that one? You use this. What is it? It, it sounds like it's grinder. Is that grinder. the one you told me I'm, you I'm use? I'm on grinder. I've, uh, I have that's a verified profile. I have a blue okay. check mark on, on right. Grinder, but that's I, not the topic of today's meeting. Okay. You dudes right. are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it just rhymes with Grinder. Good one, Katie. It's a grind. That's the one you told me about, right? So I got like a, a Grinder, right? I've gotten FaceTimes from, from people on there too. It's not right. bad. They're very is... nice people. They just want to have fun. Listen, this is what he gets, Aaron. He, he, you know, he tells me I got to do a football show and do picks. And he, the only time he ever chimes in is to tell me he's afraid of a backdoor cover. And then he wonders <laughs> where, why, with, why, you know, his grinder account gets all the attention. No one likes backdoor covers. It's the Cleveland Browns all over again. Who oh felt good God. on Tuesday? No one. No one felt good. Not so even back, the people on Tinder. So back to Poland. Yeah. I mean, Andrew said it literally, he just, he rings me up and I'm talking to him and he's asking me about what I'm doing. And then he's like, Hey, how do you like if I fly you to New York? He's like, I can bring you into 1:37 PM or media company. You can create content for us, all this jazz. And, you know, I'm telling him about my business idea. I'm more concerned about like getting some funding for my business idea. We got no money. We got no tech help. I'm like, I want to go there and I want to pitch in my business idea and have him be the funder behind it. So I return home from Europe and in two weeks I'm flying out to New York with Nate. And I don't tell this story very often, by the way. I think only I've told it like two places publicly, maybe one at the national and then one. Uh, and that wasn't to like a group of people. It's just to one guy. And then one uh, on a podcast, I had a guy on for soccer. Um, but basically we flew there and I was pitching my idea. I got 30 minutes. I got between like 3 p.m. and 3.30 to basically say whatever I had to say. And I was sitting in, 
in his Vayner X media office all day. My legs were bouncing. I was nervous as heck. I wrote down all my notes on my phone. I was reading them the entire plane ride over. Um, it was truly like a shark tank moment for me to where I started watching shark tank to prepare for it. Like literally I did, I had no idea what I was doing as I think I was 20 at the time, 21, maybe I, I didn't, I'd even turned 21 yet actually. So I'm, I'm 20 years old going over there and trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing and going to the meeting. I just tell him about the, the, the business ideas. Like, Hey, he's like, and this is before StockX came out with the training card market, by the way. So some pretty critical news to the story. He's like, hey, he's like, it's a great idea, but he's like, it's just so hard to break through in marketplaces, and which is true. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's not. Uh, and he's like, and I got some information that StockX is gonna be releasing trading cards in the very near future. And he's like, that's pretty much gonna kill it. And I said, all right, so that's fair. You know, I didn't know that, of course. And um, he basically was then like, all right, I can do one of two things. You know, I, I love your guys's passion. And keep in mind, at this time, we're still just doing Bowman Chrome Prospects, okay? All we're talking about is Bowman Chrome Prospects. We're not talking about anything. So he even gave us a shot based off of something he does. I mean, he cares about prospects, but not like the vintage, all that other stuff. Um, so so he's basically, I'll, I can do one of two things. I can bring, it, bring you into the company, 137. You guys can create content every day, all day. You guys can live in New York and struggle as heck and pay you some money for some shared revenue streams and whatever. And just a base salary. So you guys can survive pretty much. And then the other option was to take 25 K and we'll give them a small percent of the company to do what we want to do. And, you know, Nate and I leave the meeting trying to make a decision. And of course you guys are sitting here like, dude, you're not doing either of those today. And it's true. We're not doing either of those today because we made a decision to try to go work for 137 and go move to New York. Something that two of us from Milwaukee never thought we'd be doing in our life. Um, and something that I'm very grateful that didn't work out because, you know, I don't know what, I don't still don't know necessarily what happened. I don't, never really got the full story, but basically throughout the summer is like, Oh, Hey, we're not really ready to bring you guys in. And then basically what happened was school's approaching for me. So I just got a junior year of college. You know, I have senior year of college at UW Madison coming up. I've got some great roommates. I got one year left in the business school. I'm like, guys, either I'm coming over, or I'm going back to school. Like I can't wait any longer. And it's kind of like a, Hey, we think you should just go back to school. Cause we're not ready yet. You know? And I could not be more happy that that happened, man. It is life-changing. I mean, I met my girlfriend senior year at college. I built slab stocks all senior year of college. I graduated college, just a million things happened that would never have happened if, if I wasn't told no from Gary, which in the moment you're like, crap, what do we do next? But here I am. And it was, it was truly amazing. Not only because of what happened after the meeting uh, with us doing slab stocks on our own, not having Gary involved at all really, but, and all, you know, in a actual formal way. And we, we got into zero money and then we got zero money. We didn't get the jobs and uh, we just kept on doing our own thing. But what's even more. I love that real quick. I just want to pause there because I just had a, a memory real quick. Um, and there's so many young entrepreneurs that I think need to hear this. And when I was young in entrepreneurship, I remember going back to this one video. It was the Steve Jobs commencement speech from Stanford. And I watch it over and over and over again, uh, especially at my lowest points. And he says, I love this line. You can't connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect them moving backwards. So you have to trust in faith. And your story, Aaron, I appreciate you even sharing that with us. Uh, so you guys, Luke and Nation, you got a little bit of an exclusive here. So I hope you appreciate it. But I love that. I love that you kept your head high. You understood that things were things happen for a reason, or I'm interested how you actually interpreted that, but, and you took a really strong meaning out of it 
and used it in your favor because a lot of people could have used that, I think, as a setback. Yeah, and this was pretty important because when we thought we were going over, Nate quit his job. So Nate actually quit his job going into, uh, I mean, we recently launched our newsletter, which also helped give him the confidence to quit his job because that was really helping us out a lot. But uh, he quit his job before knowing that we weren't going to get the jobs in New York. So he's kind of like, well, crap, I just quit my job. I'm not getting a job over there. You know, what do we do? And I just kind of came in and I said, we're making enough right now for us to just live together. I mean, because at the time we were living together over the summer. We, we aren't right now because things happen. He moved so clear and everything, whatever, you know, life happens. But um, we just kept our heads high and kept creating as we knew. We went to the national, which actually we still thought we were going to go work for Gary at the time. So, but the outpouring of support from people at the national at the time we had 4,000 followers. We just broke 4,000 followers. And I couldn't tell you the amount of people that came up to our booth, introduced themselves. We're taking pictures. We're interacting with us, all that stuff. And we had 4,000 followers. Now we're at 33. And by the national next year, we might be at 50, we might be at 60, we might be at 70, who knows? And I, all my life, you know, I've went through and not known exactly what I was doing, but I always knew, Hey, something's going to work out. You know, something's going to work out just keep working just keep doing what I'm doing, keep doing what I enjoy and something will work out. And it has, and it's insane. And I don't exactly know where I was at in the story, but I go back to school and I just, every day I, I work on slap stocks and I don't do as much school as I probably should have been doing, but I still did well <laughs> just because I was in, I, I finally got into the classes I was just good at and didn't have to study for or sit and listen in class. My bet, one of my best friends in college, he was in some of my classes and he'd sit next to me. He's my roommate. He'd just be watching me punch numbers in my computer as I'm working on slab sacks during class. I never listened to a single class really. And uh, he'd always be just be like shaking his head because I do better than I do better than him on exams. And I'd be sitting in class just working on slab stocks. But really, I, it's having hands in multiple things at one time. I never was say just doing school. You, uh, next time you tell this story, we're going we're gonna to change it around for you. Right. It's like if anybody's ever seen the movie Stand By Me. Right. They have the lard ass story that comes out in the middle of it. It's amazing with the pie eating contest. And then he just goes home and he celebrates with a burger. And 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 uh, they said, Vern says, well, that's not a good ending. You know, they don't like the ending. They don't like the ending. He should he should go and sh- go home and shoot his dad and and go join the Texas Rangers. Like change. So I'm changing the ending. That's so the next time you tell the story because you only told it twice. So the third time you tell the story, it's going to be Gary offered you a million dollars for slab stocks. And you said, hell no. I'm not taking your money. You moved to New York to work for 137. You moved in with Lou and he lives with like seven cats. And he got, <laughs> he got, like, two, he got like two clingy and the cats were just too much. And, and Nate was just sneezing too much. So you moved <laughs> back to Wisconsin and you said, I'm, we're going to make a run of it ourselves. And you went and now you, you that seems like, and he bumped like into Giannis. He bumped into Giannis at the yeah. mall. And now Giannis yeah. is his biggest investor. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> it. See, it's just a twist. It's a twist of the story. But, but Cage, I'll tell you, you always, we, we, Aaron, we've interviewed, you know, uh, maybe 15 guests now. And we always like to ask from people, you know, we asked Rips this. Rips, it wasn't all gravy. You know, you didn't just wake up one day and invest in Giannis. Tell us about your losses. Tell us about adversity. And Rips says, well, you know, I'm not always winning. I bought Kawhi cards. Uh, That was his loss. That's not adversity. How how, How about a little adversity for a college kid? And now look at the success, man. Yeah, it's... I, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't really have words. It's so hard to just sit here and put it all together. Cause you know, one day you, you never think that something will become something the next day you're sitting here with you guys, even your guys' podcast. I mean, it's taken off since you guys just did it. I remember you guys were just like, 
you know, shooting the crap in Gary's group message and saying like, Hey, you guys, we're going to take down Lou card talk podcast. We're gonna, next, we're gonna thing, <laughs> next, next thing you know, freaking Cajun and Andrew are on a podcast. And now everyone knows about you guys too. And it's just crazy. I mean, what, what transpires for people? Like I, I can't even describe cash. it. Well, here's the fun people... part. You ready, Aaron? Because we got a lot yeah. of people you're going to thank, a lot of people for success, a lot of people out there who, who have helped you, right? Gary's a huge name in the whole deal. But we'll take a second right now, and I'm going to tell you the person you have to thank the most for the success of Slabstock, your brother. And you probably never thanked him, right? Because I, I do. This is, this is what Tell our listeners need to take from this, right? Because it was a Kirillov autograph or whatever it yep. was that you posted yep. the first, uh, you know, first, and you took it down 20 minutes later. And that could have been the end. It could have been the beginning of Slab Stocks and the end 20 minutes later because you were like, you know what? People don't like this. People aren't responding. He's like, dude, you got to give it time. And you put it back up. If you didn't have that interaction with your brother there, maybe it would have ended before it started. So it's yeah, amazing, guys, right? And I know you guys have been like saying so many nice things about me sitting here, but like to be completely honest, without the help from my parents, from my brother, from Nate, from Sam, from Josh, who's behind the scenes, who isn't even front facing in Slabstacks, but I have another person working with us behind the scenes on the business sense. Um, help from all those people, and my brother, who isn't even directly involved in the company, but it's always there, you know, telling me, "Hey, like he popped in my breaks last night. He doesn't really collect cards himself. So I'm, I'm working with him on some hockey stuff because he's a hockey fan. He plays goalie, but he's not even really a big card guy. But he just pops wow. in the breaks. Cage is like, an Austin. Cage has a crush on Austin Matthews. So if you could make that happen, <laughs> oh yeah, he's that's my guy. First, we're hiring Cage a personal trainer, and then we're going to start buying Cage some of the outfits that Austin Matthews wears, so can stay you, tuned. Can, can you just, like, somebody make me bacon instead of a personal trainer? It's, it'll cost you less money, and I'll get You're more. You're not going to fit into Austin Matthews' uh, outfits, though, then. <laughs> yeah, but it's just – it's crazy. I mean, there's so many people – that have helped us and even supporters, just the audience. Like, heck, if people aren't there listening and commenting on posts, I remember there's a time, and this is how you have to operate if you're running a business. Uh, Andrew, I know you wanted me to give some value here. If you're starting your business, you have to be interacting with every single follower that ever comes your way. Guys, until I hit, I think, what was I at? It had to have been like three, it was probably until I hit like six or 7,000 followers. Every single person is maybe even 10,000 followers. Every single person that DM me, every single person that commented, I responded to every single person that ever DM me, commented anything. And people knew that. And people liked us because I would take the time to message every single person. Now it's right. out of hand. I'm getting emails. I mean, DMs on five different accounts. I can't do it. I can't right. handle it. I'm getting comments well, you do. Everywhere. It's the mindset. It's the mindset versus the actual execution. Of course, you're going to yeah. miss some. They're going to slip through the cracks. But it's the mindset of and what happens- I'm still in the weeds. What happens is I'm like, I, that's why we live stream four times a week now with our breaks and our YouTube and our Instagram is because we can directly interact with people through there. It's a set time where we can talk to people because I can't get all that time in there for the comments, but you have to be doing that. If you don't do that, people aren't going to trust you. People aren't going to help you build your brand. It's just not going to happen. So I literally spent most of my day responding to people outside of running content. And that's really what, how it kicked it off. Because once we hit the early 2020, the page just became self-sufficient. People were interacting with each other. They were helping mm-hmm. each other. They were commenting back and forth with each other. I didn't have to sit there and respond to everyone because people are doing it for me. And not to say that I didn't want to sit there and do it. I do respond to a couple of people here and there through comments, especially if it's a directed question. DMs, I pick up a couple of requests sometimes. just like, hey, man, what do you think about PSA 9s? You know, I'll just hop in there and be like, hey, you know, this and this and whatever, you know, as I, as I can. But it's just impossible to get back to everyone. Yep. But you really do have to put everyone first. And I created this company with value first mindset and two and a half years later, I'm still doing it today. Every break we do, every email we sent, every post we make, everything, YouTube video, 
podcast, anything. It's always value first. What does the customer get? What do the end users get? Is it for their best interest? All of that. That's the only way we operate. It's the only way we can operate and still be Slabstock's brand and still be what everyone enjoys. And it's, it's just like, that's, that's what you have to do if you're trying to start today. And I know guys, another huge thing is timing. So timing was just immaculately for us because I started at a time when there's like no one out there posting graphs. There was not one person posting a graph on an Instagram page. I really had the lead on that. Um, I'm not to say that like, oh, I was the only one or I was the best or I was the first, but I was one of the very few people out there that was sharing information. And that timing was impeccable. It gave me a head start on every single person in the industry. I'm the one that Gary knows first, all that stuff. And well, let's add without- some value here. Well, let's add some yeah. value because I love your post uh, from three hours ago and this is where I wanted to go. So yeah, and this is for YouTube cage. So um, there's 65 comments. I'm going to actually read some of the comments, but Slab had an amazing post and you guys know this year there've been more people entering the hobby than ever. Uh, people that used to do sneaker flipping that see potential in sports cards um, and a ton of other people joining. And you posted, if you started on a low budget, what tax, what tactics did you use to build your way up? And I love that question, right? We talk about that a lot with Cage. So I'm curious, Cage, I don't know if you saw that post, but do you want to let Aaron answer that question first or you want to take a shot at it? Because I think that would add a lot of value because a lot of our listeners, you know, they have a low budget and they're just starting up and they always ask us, you know, I see these beautiful collections, but how do I get there? I can, yeah. I can shoot or go Cage ahead. can shoot. No, no, go on, man. You're the guest. So first off, like daily question, I'd say around three, four days a week, we can get up daily questions. Some of the other days we do some reporting in the morning, but every like question I try to word, I want to, sometimes it's just like, Oh, what do you buy this weekend? Let's, let's just enjoy cards and talk about what cards we got. But a lot of the questions I try to think, how can someone learn from someone else's comments? Cause I guarantee you that there's thousands of people out there, not even commenting, but reading these to understand what's going on in the space, to read tips from others to, and that's why I worded this question as I did, like Andrew pointed out, cause I know that there's a lot of our people out there who wanna know those things. And as great as it is, when we produce a YouTube video, when we produce a podcast, there's so many voices out there that need to be all taken into consideration. Cause the last thing I want is someone to sit there and say, Slab Stocks' word is the best, it's the only one. Let me run with that. Because there's gonna be times we're wrong. There's gonna be times that we're right. There's gonna be times that we're completely off that you don't agree with us, that you do agree with us. And you just have to listen to more people to get that full mindset. So in terms of the question though, for me, I ha- I've had a lot of, I will say I've had a lot of success in the sports car market when I was actually buying and selling. I'm very blessed with, and I, it's, it's something you would never expect to ever happen in my life. By the time I was, you know, 22, trading my way up from killing Mbappe based rookie cards into something huge. And the, the way I did it was I just analyzed what's my budget, what can I spend, what players are critical to that given sport, that given scene, what players are always going to be in demand, what players are people going to flock to when they hear about them. And that's on the player side. And I'm not going to sit here and give you guys players because we just don't do that. We just don't throw it like, hey, buy this guy because there's too many people who listen to us. But what I do want to say is you got to use the grading. You literally have to unless – you're just insane at calling players because grading is going to create your own margin to where if you're wrong on a player, if you get a PSA 10, you're going to make up that value. If you're wrong, if that card goes down in price, you're going to make up that margin on that PSA 10. If you're right on it, you're in like 10, 20 X your investment. And I spent a lot of time buying soccer cards, grading soccer cards. And it was one of the most special and life-changing thing that's ever happened to me. And it only happened because I knew Lou and Tyler from Gary I never got a business deal with Gary. I never got investment money from Gary. I never got a job from Gary, but I got connections from Gary that have carried us and myself 
into insane places I never would have ever thought. Just Tyler saying like, dude, should look into Mbappe and soccer. Like at that time I got out of baseball, basketball and football and buying and selling regularly because of how our audience was changing. Our audience was growing. I knew nothing about soccer other than what the sport was and Messi and Ronaldo and Mbappe. I literally knew three players, never heard of Jay and Sancho, never heard of Jaho Felix, never heard of Ansu Fati. I never heard of any of these guys, but I took what money I sold on baseball, basketball and football at the national. And I spent it all on soccer because I wanted to learn it. I want to understand it. I knew if there was a day that came that, Soccer blew up and I was successful on it. I could sell them all and I could take my knowledge, open up for slap stocks. It's literally my plan the entire time since August, 2019. So take a pause for I, a second, right? Yeah. One, because you need oxygen, but two yeah. more important, which I mean, I can't believe there's somebody else who's, who's going the way I do. I love it. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we got to do, we'll, we'll do, we'll do a, a spinoff, man. It'll just be no dead air. Um, he's your mini me, Cage. Yeah, I love it. So, you but, might have been so, connected in a previous life, something back here. But, but I, I just I want to make sure our listeners hear what he just said there, which was I wanted to learn and I wanted to know everything I could, right? Because the question that was asked, and I'll let you finish up here. The question was asked was, hey, how do I get those big cards? How do I start low budget wise? How do I start small and 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 roll that into some of these great grail type bigger cards that people are posting on there, right? And you know, you can go and talk about how you buy low and sell high and the grading and the whole deal. But the hidden gem that you have there was you wanted to take the time to learn everything you could about these players, about these guys in soccer that you didn't know about. Because everybody has heard of Messi and Ronaldo, but there are other people out there. And he said, I'm going to learn which one of these guys are the bargains. So it's not just to throw a dart at a dartboard, right? It's not throw spaghetti at the wall and hope something sticks, although that is a strategy. Um, you, you gave yourself an advantage over the house by research, by putting in the time, right? Like Prestige Worldwide, right? They're putting in the time. It's the science. They put liquid paper on a bee and it died. So go ahead and continue, man. Let me like real quick, me. real quick. I, I want to read two comments that stuck out from, and you guys go, I'm sure all yep. of you guys are following slab stocks. If, if you're not, I don't know what you're doing, but the Boulevard of Cards, I love this guy's logo. It's beautiful, this but he had awesome. a great point. He's great, right? And he said, yeah. I would first spend a season tracking one card. Take a Luca Prism, for example, and just follow the movement. Understand when it goes up and when it goes down. And, that with that, and then with that knowledge, similar to others in the comments, buy raw rookie cards of stars on the dip. Rinse, wash, repeat, but studying first. And one more I really like. Don't chase cards ripping wax. This is from Scooter McGavin. What a great name, by the way. Just <laughs> don't chase cards ripping wax. Get good at eBay and find value in lots. Put in the work and flip lots card by card. So those are just two comments that, I, that stuck out that I really liked. Over to you, Mr. Novak. Oh boy, where I don't even remember where I was at now. Uh, I want to go back to that Boulevard of Cards thing. I just want to talk in the research because I like mm-hmm. what Cage brought up. And I will tell you this I know that Andrew's in the soccer. I know he understands the game. I know he understands the clubs. I, I know he understands the players. What I understood was where is the demand going? And that's the only way that I've been successful is I read demand because I heard Gary say, I read consumer demand. Well, I read demand on every single thing I've ever done. And that's what I look at. Where, where is demand at now and where is it going and how can I be in the place that it's going? And that, that's really a huge tip there. And I know it's easy for me to say, but it takes hours, hundreds of hours to actually understand that because I put in an insane amount of time in soccer because I understood the card sets because I had knowledge previously from basketball and baseball on which sets do well. 
I applied that to the card sets for soccer. I bought the players that the demand would be going to. I read a bunch of lists, like top 25 prospects out there. Heck, I didn't even know how many goals Mbappe ever scored or Sancho ever scored or any of that stuff. And then I picked up stuff along the way, of course, but it's just understanding where demand is. And then the other thing is that before you jump off yeah. that, just a personal yeah. story from me and me and Aaron here. So at the time he was investing in Mbappe and we were all talking about that. I'm like, oh, wow, I don't have any soccer cards. I got to buy some Mbappe cards. And I went on, on eBay and didn't do my research. And I said, all right, I'm going to find an Mbappe card. And, um, and I'm going to find a low pop one. I'm going to find a PSA 10. And I bought a Panini Instant. I think it was what it was, right? It, was, it wasn't even a top now. It was a Panini Instant Mbappe card. And it was one of the limited ones. There's only like 90 of them. And the PSA 10, there's only a couple of them. And I went on and I showed it off. And I said, hey, Aaron, look at the, look at the, the I got a Mbappe and it's low pop and it's going to be great. It's a PSA 10. And you're like, wrong one. There's no real demand for those. That's not the way you should put it, your money. You should, you should have bought these five other ones instead of that one. And it really is, I mean, it's a, it's a personal story for me, right? Because I, I jumped in, you know, I, I tried to cross the street without looking both ways. Anybody played Frogger realized that's a tough thing to do, right? And Aaron knew it, right? I mean, you did put the research in and I wound up having to, I, t- I took a pause. I still had that card, by the way. I still own it. <laughs> I'm still hoping. Um, but it's not a card that I was able to resell, even with the run-up of Mbappe, because you were right. It's not just no get the right it. guy. It's, it's about the demand, right? It's about, yeah. it's so- about being, well. go ahead. So, Aaron, let, let's say, you know, University of Wisconsin, they invite you back. They say you're going to teach, you know, economics 101 here. And we, we talk about this a lot on our podcast. We don't want to give people a fish. We want to teach them how to fish. Yep. How would you go about teaching people to study consumer demand? Gosh, that is such a loaded question. Um, and I, I apologize to put you on the spot. We'll, 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 we'll do a little back and forth, too. So. What, what, what I like is he do? said, gosh, gosh, by the way, don't let that one slip. He actually just used the word gosh. He said, gosh, well, we're, that's we're a, a secular question. podcast. I love I'm it. a man of faith, but I don't preach faith on Listen, this podcast. Andrew, Andrew gets yelled at from our listeners every once in a while for dropping F-bombs. So I, we, have to, <laughs> we have to mix a gosh in every now and again. So I love it. It's great. Hey, guys, Slab Stocks is all PG. We try to cater to everyone. Serious, we do. Um, but in terms of reading consumer demand, you have to pay attention to what people in the space are talking about, are looking at, are reading about, are posting about. And I'm not saying you go and you buy what someone posts about. I'm not saying that, but you need to, what's up Ian? <laughs> but you need to learn, you need to learn what people are looking at. And then you need to take that and then you need to research what people are looking at. You need to research what people are posting. It's not look and do, it's look, research, and then do way later. That's really, really important because you don't look re- you don't look and do because that leads to mistakes all the time. You got to research it. And let me humanize do- it, right? So right now, there are cards you can buy right now on eBay. I don't know who it is. I don't know what card it is, but somebody can go on eBay right now and buy something that's going to 5X within the next six months. It's yep. an NBA star. It's somebody who hasn't played yet. It's, it's you, you know, I don't know who it is, but you know what? You can, you can probably pick five or eight guys' names and start researching them now. Who's going to get a time to play? Who's going to get some increased minutes this year because of something that happened in the draft, right? Or, or, or who's, gonna, who's the next soccer guy who's going to get a big contract or get bought out by his team? All these rumors that are out there, a lot of fake news in, in the soccer world yeah. too. But, but, you know, you have a shot of taking a risk on five guys, buying them in bulk, but narrowing down who you invest those five guys by the research you're doing, right? So there's yep. money to be made, right? I mean, I, we could all talk about, I mean, at the beginning of this year, I was buying Trey Prism cards for $12. Mm-hmm. Just a base Prism rookie card. I'm buying 50, 100 of them at a time, 15 bucks. 
20 yeah. bucks. You know, I mean, there's a million, there is something else like that. Obviously you can't buy that anymore, but there's something else out there. And, you know, you know, I guess in my answer to that question would be if you combine a little bit of gambling. I'm buying right? talent Horton Tucker cards. I'm <clears> buying <throat> 50, 100 at a time right now. But you, My you eBay can... is frozen though because I bought too many. No big deal. Well, listen, hopefully you sold some of them because, you know, that guy, talk about a run-up, talk about the bowl-bowl effect like we had to talk about. But, I mean, yeah. here's one of those times, right, where, I mean, counting cards in blackjack is kind of similar, right? But, you know, you, 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 can, you can put the edge in your favor on these things by putting in the time by putting in research, by, by trying to, you know, find an edge here. And the, the way to do it is not being lazy yep. and not trying to like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick one. If you research it, you, you, you'll figure out a way to do it. And you're right. The grading is the key, man. The grading is huge. I mean, you because, have to be able to. Yep. You have to be able to grade to really get the big time uh, ROI. And I'll tell you this, just to give an example of research. And I don't mean to just say like, oh, I researched so much and the best researcher out there. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you guys can do it too. That's the point is that you guys can do it too. Anything I can do, you can do. And you just got to start. Guys, I had nowhere, I had no idea where to start with modern Pokemon. I literally had no idea. I, the first opening I ever did on Slab Stocks of some Pokemon packs, I looked like an idiot. I literally didn't even know what I was looking at. I didn't know what was the difference between a full art, a secret rare, a rare, any of that stuff. I knew the 1999 set because I did some research on it over the summer. Um, so I understood that, but I had to start somewhere. Guys, I put in 120 plus hours of research into Pokemon outside of what I was doing for Slab Stocks as a business. And yes, I did buy a lot myself. I did buy a lot of modern cards and they're at PSA right now. And that's how I'm going to make money on them because the PSA graded cards sell for way higher than the non-graded. But the point is, is that I took something that I had no idea about. I went and found people and knew what they were talking about. I went and found websites that had data. I went and found websites ahead information i can read and i just soaked up everything i could between videos and researching if i saw someone opening a set i hopped on tcgplayer.com i looked up the set i looked at what are the highest dollar cards in that set sorted from high to low i went to ebay i looked at what are they selling for psa 9 were they selling for psa 10 i looked up what they're selling for nine grade and made decisions off that literally all i did and we're really we're, we're within a week now probably of launching our Pokemon brand. And no, it's not going to be as big as slab stocks is because I'm not going to have the time to dedicate myself to it, but we are going to come out with, with breaks on it. We're going to incorporate into a, a slab stocks breaks um, type of segment to where we're putting together bundles of packs for people and non-graded cards and graded cards and, you know, new sets that are coming out and it'll be fun. It'll be a really fun way for people to get in, collect their lower, lower budget because it is cheaper to get your hands on packs and to collect, you know, the, the, the different cards and everything. And, It'll be really exciting. But just the, the moral of the story is like, you got to put in the time. You got to know you can do it. And you got to really just understand what are people looking at and how can I take them and apply it to something else? It doesn't mean you have to buy what exactly what they're buying. You just got to apply it somewhere. And it, it'll work out if you guys really put in the time and understand what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, man. So you're talking to you on mute. <laughs> Tennis <laughs> cards. Oh. How, how are you... Were you able to spot demand with tennis cards ahead of the curve? What do you think about them? Let, let me just open that up. What do you think about tennis cards and like these adjacent kind of markets so, that people are starting to look at but haven't fully dove in? I looked up Serena Williams cards way early on. Um, not way early on. Like after some of you guys were looking at them. I'll say that. I wasn't the one that is like, oh, actually, the time I went and looked at Serena Williams was when Tiger Woods went crazy. I was like, well, Tiger Woods is going crazy. Serena Williams can go crazy. 
I mean, she's a goat. You mean for and, when she freaked out on the ref and went crazy or just her cards went crazy? Oh, no, no. I'm talking cards going crazy. If Tiger Woods goes, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> you're making a joke there. Uh, the yeah, thing he, is, when he is does that, that we, we never really know if he's making a joke. That's here the we problem. Go. There's, there's an <laughs> important aspect here. Humor. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's an important aspect here that while I have dove into different marketplaces because I really do want to learn and understand and add to my repertoire, add to my knowledge base, there is something to be said for you can't do everything. It's like impossible to cover everything. You can't be an expert at everything. I'm not an expert at everything. I just know how, what, what I'm an expert at is knowing how to work hard. That's all I'm an expert at is knowing how to put out content, knowing how to uh, talk to people. Like, you know, I'm no expert in everything. It's other people out there know more than me in certain subjects. I just know how to learn a little bit about everything. But at, at some point, you just can't do everything. And I just didn't care about tennis cards. I knew that they're probably go up in price. I knew that tens of Federer would be expensive. I knew tens of Serena would be expensive. I just didn't care. I couldn't put as much time into everything as I wanted to. So I just had to say, whatever, you know, onto the next one type of thing. Like, let me focus on what I'm doing right now. But there's something to be said about that, Aaron, before you jump on. I mean, that was one of the questions that, that you know, for the comment that, that, that you were given to, you know, to your recent post, Andrew, you asked about that. What, well, the first thing that came to my brain was there are stock analysts who work for Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs, you name it. Their whole job is to do an analysis of one stock. Yep. That's it. Or one sector, right? They don't branch out into other ones. And, you know, while we talk about diversifying your portfolio, it's important. I think what you're getting at here, it's, it's important to, you know, become an expert in something, right? It's important to do your research and, you know, I know this better than anybody, or I'm going to continue to do research on this and know it. That was the person who made the comment on your post about, you know, follow one card during a season, follow the ups and downs, follow the trends, you name it. And you be you become more well-versed in that and you dilute your knowledge base. If you, if you try to become an expert in everything, you wind up being what they say, like a jack of all trades, but an ace of none, and which is fine for conversing in it and being able to do breaks and stuff like that. But if you're going to invest a lot of money in it, you got to become an expert in something. You got to know the trends. Yep. Can I, really can I, uh, can I say something on that? Cause I, I think there's a real opportunity right now to become an expert in second year hall of fame type player cards. Because those cards, and I don't know how they move, but oftentimes those second-year cards, especially second-year prism cards, are cheaper than prospect cards. And these guys are Hall of Famers. And I think second-year cards historically have appreciated, but it's important to research and learn how they move. So I think, Nation, if you're listening, there's opportunity. Before you answer that, Aaron, do you notice he asks you about tennis cards and then he grabs a tennis racket? I mean, this is a, not a visual podcast here, but what are you doing, man? I mean, the people a, don't see this. What are you, you playing to get ready to play tennis? Yes, they repaved the court. So my dad and I are ready to go uh, later today. Babala. Sorry. Nice. All right. So we're about uh, second year, Aaron. What do you think about second year? This is a, this is a pet project of Andrew. I've been on the second year train for a long, 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 long time. Um, here's the thing. Yes, the market boomed and this helps a lot and boom is finding those fringe things that when something like rookie cards go up like crazy, what's following? That's another thing you got to understand is what goes first, what goes next and the dominoes fall after that. Where does the money, the demand go? Because, you know, people are going to find, try to find those things. They want to find what's undervalued because, you know, at a certain point stuff doesn't become undervalued. And second year cards are always an option for people that don't have a lot of money that want to get involved in something. Um, 2019 Trey Young Select White number dot 149. I've done videos on this in the past, which is why I know this. That card as a raw card around April was worth like 25 bucks. 
Uh, a month later, when a PSA 10 copy gets graded, it's sold for $250. I can pretty much guarantee you that PSA 10 now is worth more than it was in March, April, and May. So, you know, these are cards that don't get heavily graded because they're not base rookies of star players. They are second year cards of star players. And you can get collectible cards for good value too. You also like for me, you know, and I don't really buy that much. I think that you guys know, I think a lot of people know is I really don't because I told you I'm doing it for other people. I'm trying to help other people buy. Um, for me, it's like, I see value in getting a tight end number to 25, a tray from select versus getting a base rookie from 2018 prism. I just do. I love cards. I love collecting cards. I love aesthetics of cards. I love art. I used to be a, a clay uh, potter person on a, I, don't, I can't even say the right word. I used to throw on the wheel. I used to make used clay to pots do, and bases. You used to do pottery with yes. Clay Thompson. Yes. Pottery with Clay Thompson. <laughs> Listen, so now I, now I need it. Now, now we have to post video of this. So what I need you to do for our producer, Jordan, who puts up really good video content, I need Nate behind you, you at the Potter's wheel. I need a Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, recreate, you know, recreation of the scene. I need, Oh my, sing it for me, Andrew. I don't have a voice. Sing, sing it for me. I need, I need to, the, the ghost scene with the pottery wheel. And then we'll post. I only know scene. dirty dancing Patrick Swayze. Cause I rewatched that movie with my grandma growing up. Well, nobody puts <laughs> nobody puts Andrew in the corner. So I'm sorry, but yes, you like the aesthetics of the corner. Yeah, so you, I mean, you're saying you, I just appreciate art. I pre that's why I appreciate about in Pokemon because they do some of the best artworks out there. You know, the, the cards look amazing. People enjoy them for what it is. Um, I don't think anyone's buying a 2008 Prism Trey Young PSA 10 rookie because I think it looks cool. I just don't. Uh, the you know some of the parallels, sure. The base, no. You know, if I was choosing between a second year mosaic. Uh, orange fluorescent or a Trey Young base PSA 10 and I'm just getting it for my collection or I'm getting it because even if I don't get the highest ROI I can enjoy it for a year I'm getting the second year fluorescent I have 25. He's getting so the orange like, fluorescent huh? Just because. But you've yes. historically been not a mosaic guy though come on no no no, no, no. back it up back it up historically, no, he not, historic, historically not a mosaic football guy Right. historically a mosaic basketball guy because i like the optics of the release because not optic basketball i just like the <laughs> what happened because they released mosaic basketball after they released prism after right. they released select after they released mosaic it was at an affordable price point for people to buy into john morant zion williamson's rookie cards compared to everything else football yep. comes out first it's the first licensed product that comes out one that you can grade one that people actually want to stack a ton of cards up boom overpriced just like that because there's no prism on the market uh, I do love mosaic basketball. Just ripped it last night for our break. I think if uh, cage fought, or yeah, cage, if you saw some of those emails like months ago, I was talking about mosaic basketball in there and stuff. And I really do enjoy it for basketball. With that being said, there's a lot of fringe mosaic basketball cards that might not hold that much value over time, just because there's too many parallels out there. But if you focus, if you focus on like the true silvers from mosaic, you know, the, the numbered cards from the hobby, some of those cards, the Genesis, I mean, those cards are going to hold legit value. Mosaic's going to build over time. The brand that last year was the first year that the brand was its own brand as Panini, Panini Mosaic. Think about how many, how much uh, ground selected optic made up in the last three years on Prism because people started to appreciate the brand three, four years down the road. If Mosaic is still a standalone brand, people are going to be, you know, interested in buying cards of it and collecting those, collecting those first year Genesis cards. It matters. So let me ask you then, this weekend we had two record sales of the Giannis cards. Yep. One was the Giannis Black Mosaic, one was the Giannis Black Auto. 
what surprised from me and from prism keep in mind prism. these are yep. from, from prism. prism yes thank you what what surprised me was the Giannis black mosaic no auto sold for over a million where the Giannis black prism auto sold for about three hundred thousand. and i'd love to hear your take on that why do you think there's such a discrepancy in that first thought is i'd love to see if that auto one of one nine five sold through ken golden and golden auctions i mean it's hard to compare when it goes through two different auction houses i think that ken golden and his auction house they market like crazy heritage auctions not so much or at least they just don't have that much media attention i mean you see ken golden out there on uh fox news and you know fox, or the fox business news and cnbc and whatever uh that's that's a factor i'd like to see you know how much more that auto would have gotten from him i still think it would have been less than a million i don't think it would have been the same as the black mosaic but i think that there's just this like really weird like frenzy for non-auto cards um i think that that just kind of played into it because for those of you out there the prism black mosaic Giannis rookie card one of one isn't even the true prism black there's there's a there's a black one of one out there that doesn't have the mosaic pattern mosaic pattern came out with the 2013 red white and blues so there was a 2013 red white and blue mosaic and 2013 red, white, and blue pulser. So two different ones for that also. In the mosaic, it's not the true one of one black. I could see the true one of one black go for 1.2 million. And I still think that this one's probably worth, you know, 1.2 million. The true one might be worth 2 million then uh, for all we know. All I know is that that autograph was an absolute steal because it's a, I don't care if it's a sticker auto. There's sticker autos every single year prism, but people still buy them. People still collect them. It's prism. They go up in value, all that jazz. What I care about is that it's got a full-length Giannis Greek letter autograph. Yep. That is rare these days. He, If you see when he signs in person on card autos, he barely even signs anymore. It's a freaking scribble. And that is a really, really important aspect because if you're an autograph collector, it's a true black one of one. I, guys, you can just hear me in my voice. Like, I would rather buy that card 10 times over for 300K than the other one for over a million. I mean – I couldn't believe the discrepancy. I thought that they were going to be right around the same value. I couldn't believe it sold for like 384,000. I think the person I mean, who bought Ken, the auto got a way better deal. Me and the big guy, we hopped on right before this and had, you know, almost a mirror conversation of exactly what you said. And Cage literally mimicked that. It's not the true one of one. Uh, Cage, you're a PSA guy. Why do you think these one of ones get graded BGS instead of uh, PSA? And guys, for context, the two cards had the exact same subgrades, two nine fives, two tens. Different subgrades, but the, but, but the same amount of tens and nine right. fives. Yeah. True so gem plus plus, is that what it's called? Yeah, plus plus. I won't know. I, I, I can't confirm or deny this, right? But a lot of times the auction houses, will, will they have you know an in with a grading company. A lot of times Beckett will turn it around quicker for the auction houses, you know, that are graded that way. With a one-on-one, honestly, I don't even care who. The one-on-one is a one-on-one. Aaron, if you, you know want to I mean? get in on the ground floor, you the, I'll only give you this opportunity once. Uh-oh. Ian's card authentication, you could get in on the That's ground it. floor. Duck. On the ground, ground floor. Keep going, That's kid. it. Hey, no, hey, so, are they? Wait, are they stickers? Do you put stickers on the cards like that NBA crap? Uh, that guy. Listen, people are paying premium from what I hear for an NBA, you know, Dude, sticker on the card. I, I don't. I thought that at first it was just boosted sales. People trying to pump up the, you know, you know how people can go out there and bid those things yep. up. The next yep. thing you know, someone else is like, oh, that's valuable, and I want to pay that, but it wasn't even in the first place, so it's just upsetting. Like, so yeah, so I mean, I'm with you also, but uh, here's the deal with one of ones. It just takes a second bidder. It just takes an underbidder who either is manipulating the auction, might not actually be paying for the auction, you know, or, or just two people who say this is the card that I want. 
you know, the difference between a three hundred thousand dollar one on one and a one point one one on one is a second person who's willing to bid that yep. first person up. And and with one on ones, things get crazy like that. You know what I mean? And Guys, you don't know what the go ahead. I've got a theory too. So adding in with that. Um, I don't have the exact specifics. I don't know when these cards were graded, but guys, BGS dominated the industry pre-2018. Yep. And it really was like half, the second half of 2018 that really PSA took the crown. Um, all those cards that are selling via BGS, guys, they were from the years 2000 to 2014. Uh, those are the prime years that BGS was dominating the industry. PSA was an afterthought for modern cards. I know because I lived it because I graded BGS all my life until like 2018 um that's my theory on why these cards are bgs just because they're graded back when bgs was the dominator you know if a 2019 prison black zion comes out of a pack that's not going to bgs it's going to psa yep i opened uh you know 09 bowman uh you know when when the bryce harper under 18 american you know the usa card was there at strasburg was a rookie i used to open those packs when i was working in the city there was a card store by 2010 my, uh, by, by my law office in 2010 yeah exactly yeah. and um I graded those all BGS. I sent them all to BGS because modern cards were BGS. That's just the way it was. Yep. It's just the way it was for a very long time. Exactly. Um, let me ask you something, just because we have you on and, and you are real knee deep in this. And obviously your, your livelihood is now the hobby, right? So, so I don't know whether you saw the video. Andrew asked me in the last coffee with cage, my, my favorite segment, you know, what I'm afraid of when it comes to the hobby and what my fear is. And, and I said it was eBay, which, you know, we've had a video and people have kind of had pretty polarized reaction to it. You know, it's, it's gotten out there a lot um it's a cool video I'll, by the way actually i watched it as a cool video appreciate that man thanks uh, thanks jordan for our producer for creating that but here's my, my question for you and i'm going to lead you down a path right so it's do you have these fears do you have a fear of too many releases and i'll, I'll even steer you a specific way because I, you've talked about mosaic you talked about optic catching up to prism you talked about mosaic catching up in the whole deal i have a concern and i want to know whether you mirror this you see products like one in one come out. You see products like, you know, all of these additional things that weren't even here last year, clearly Dunruss, you know, uh, hobby premium, hoops, 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 you know, hoops like premium really it's quick. Like a, hey, I, I love the new hoops premium cards. Those things look cool. Just I, I've opened a lot of them. You know, I've opened them myself. I like them and they're a decent price point. Yeah. But, they're, it's, it's actually our next basketball break coming on Tuesday. So, so you're, you're my, my, my question then with all that is, does that concern you? Um, does it does it give you pause for the hobby? Um, I thought to myself when you guys were talking about second years and oh, there's a, there's a room for second years. All I kept thinking to myself was if there is a contraction in the hobby and there's less money coming in, or people are trying to you know trim their collections because they need to sell, a second year is going to get sold before a first year. An optic or a mosaic is going to get sold before a regular prism. You know, I mean, that's what I keep thinking. But am I wrong? Am I the idiot who is who's being too cautious when everybody else is just still jumping on? Gary likes to say we're in like the second quarter or the first quarter yeah. of the hobby. There's still so many legs to it. You know, what do you see? Because you're, I mean, this you're living and breathing this every minute of the day. You're in the research. So, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And I'm sure our audience would. Yeah, we get a question like once a week on our YouTube live, like, are we at Junk Wax Era 2.0? So I've talked about this quite a bit, so I'm ready. But uh, in terms of the, the amount of sets, I'll start there. The amount of sets that are coming out is too much. Is Panini stretching 2019 rookie class out too long? The answer is probably yes. The answer is probably like they're just milking the cow for Zion and Ja, and there's too many products. But uh, you got to just remember that these companies operate on like, what's the demand now? Prism hobby boxes are worth like $3,500. 
Okay. That's an insane rate. I mean, back in 2017, I was buying Prism hobby boxes for hundred bucks. So that just goes to show you like how much demand has came in that they're now 30 X the price of what they were. And as long as that's happening, they're going to make more products. They're going to make, you know, more supply of Prism. And if the demand keeps on going up, they'll keep catering to the demand because then we're going to see Prism hobby boxes be $8,000 and then no one can buy them. And it's just like, it's just how they can do it to keep the supply levels in check with the demand. And while it's not great to have supply levels that are way over demand, it definitely isn't great if you push every single person that can be involved in the hobby out unless they're rich. That's not what we want either. So it's not as easy as people are saying, you got to keep the supply low. It's not that easy because if you do that, then you're going to see Luca base prison PSA tends to be 5k, you know, like there's just levels to it all. And the biggest reason, and I say this every single week, is why this is not Junk Wax Air 2.0 is because of the internet, because of the PSA pop report, because of all the research you can do. Everyone, now there is stuff out there that's like, dude, what the heck are you doing? This makes no sense. Why are you buying that? But everything out there really gets a market value because of the research, the time that people put on, put in and the understanding of supply and demand. People out there can understand that from 2017 to 2018, Prism Print one. Prism print run got jacked up like three times from 2018 to 2019 probably got doubled from 2019 to 2020 it's going to go up even more people can understand that if you look at a 2019 prism based psa 10 zion rookie it's 700 if you look at a devin booker based psa 10 rookie from 2015 it's like 1300 bucks it's more expensive because there's only 1300 psa 10s out there whatever the number is and there's like 15k zions already after one year People understand how it, the industry changes and spend money accordingly. If Prism goes up to an insane print run, you're just going to see LaMelo Ball PSA 10s be worth less market cap wise and proportionately to the Devin Booker. I mean, I'm not surprised that Devin Booker is not worth more than he is because of that fact, because of the PSA pop report. But basically everything that's happening in this industry, how people are spending money is all predicated on the research that people are doing. The demand is going to change over time. The demand is going to go elsewhere. It's just not outside of the industry. I'm saying in the industry, trends are going to change. We've seen it happen over the last year, how many trends have changed, how many new things yep. that people grab, gravitated to. It's happened like 10 times in the last three months, probably. And it's going to keep the industry moving forward because there's always going to be ways for people to understand how much money should I be paying? Just because there's way more Lamella Ball PSA 10s out there than Jason Tatum's, doesn't mean that the industry has gone because Lamellos are worth way less than Jason Tams. Just means that there's more out there. So they're worth less money. I mean, people just like all the money just gets reallocated and made in different yep. ways. And the important thing is, is that there's research, there's serial numbered cards, all that jazz because of the serial numbered cards, you're going to constantly be seeing. So I'll say this, if you look at a Zion blue PSA 10 compared to number dot 199 compared to a Devin Booker blue, light blue number dot 199 PSA 10, the Zion's worth like way, way more because there's the same amount out there and yeah. people value the Zion more. Just like how, if you take all the Zion's graded out there, multiplied by the value of a Zion, it's way higher than the, than the Devin Booker because the demand values Zion more, but that doesn't mean that the card's going to be worth more in itself just because there's so many out there. Everyone can shift in this industry as it goes forward and figure out what should they be spending that money on? What should they not? And it's going to keep it afloat. I think that it's very, very bubble proof because of that. And that's, and now I say that 
based on that there's no change in global landscape of economy, U.S. landscape of economy, like if stuff like that changes, that's not stuff that the card companies are controlling. That's not stuff that any at Tops or Panini is controlling or PSA. Like that can affect it, sure. But I'm talking about just in the industry. It's very, very bubble-proof because of those reasons and because people can shift where they're spending money. People are going to get stuck holding the bag on some things, but they're also going to make money on other things to offset it. I mean, it's just true. Like if you lose money on something, you're probably making money on other things and offsets, or you're making more money because you're smarter than, than what you're losing money on. Guys, if you want to get some data on uh, what Aaron just beautifully kind of elaborated on, I saw a really good post today uh, and I'm, the name is Schlafstein Slabs. Now, if that's tough for you guys to <laughs> go and find that name, Go to Shaway Vlogs. Just trust me, Cage. I wouldn't waste your time or the audience time. But if you're able to either go to Shaway Vlogs story and you'll see this post uh, yeah. or find Schlafstein Slabs, and I'm butchering it, but this is unbelievable data. So what he did or she, um, he looked at the Prism Silver PSA 10s and then he looked at the average price, the pop, the market cap, and then he did two extra columns, which I think are awesome. And this is all off card ladder data. He looked at the average price adjusted to pop of 100 and the average price adjusted to pop of 2000. And the results are, are amazing. So if you guys want a little context, a little data behind what Aaron just talked about, do your best to go and find those two accounts. I know the spelling's tough. DM us if you have trouble finding it. Why don't we reach out to them and see whether or not they have a problem with us reposting that on our thing. Tell them we mentioned it in our podcast and that makes it easier for our listeners to fund. Hey guys, there's, there's, no plagi- there's no plagiarism in the in the web world. You just have <laughs> I know, to but I, tag them. I, I like to get permission. People are uh, people are spending their time and, and their sweat equity building this stuff. You don't want to just uh, vampire it from them without their approval. But guys, this it, is this is important because this, like you just said, it basically takes how many are out there, what's the demand like, and it ranks it based on like what players are getting the most demand based off of how they're. I'm I'm mm-hmm. looking at right now based off their market cap, pop of the same amounts, all that jazz. It's a cool post. And it also, is a cool this post, is, right? It takes hey, a lot of research guys, to do that. You guys got to keep in mind also, if you're reading this, I want you to just know that this is very different than what a prison based PSA 10 of this exact same yep. thing will look like because certain players are going to be ranked way lower. Certain players are going to be ranked way higher because they definitely they didn't adjust to silver and base print runs the same amount every single year. Sometimes silvers are super low compared to base. Sometimes, you know, it flip flops. Just, just so you yeah. know, um, you can't apply to every single card, but it's it's the good. LeBron Prism print run has been insane because like the LeBron 2012 Prism is yeah. I mean the pop is what like 60, 70, this uh, 2013, 60, 70, and this year the pop is two thousand plus. But I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Giannis, the Supermax, Drew Holiday going to the Bucks. Look at that smile. Jordan, if you're if you're listening, clip that moment. Look at that smile. Uh, Aaron, would you take Giannis to the prom? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, no, you're, you're gonna set up a fight between him and Rips, man. <laughs> you know me all too well, Cage. <laughs> um, should, should we end it on this? Should this be the last topic, Giannis Supermax? Five years, I like, I like it. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, it's gonna make you happy, but no, I after you answer that, I do want, I, I want you to, to spend two minutes to end on what's Lev stocks. What are you doing now? what you want people to know about your brand and, you know, basically, you know, what you have coming in the future, you know, where they should look to find you, that kind of stuff. But we do want to talk about Giannis, but I do want to end with, you have so much stuff out there. You have so many, so many coals in the fire as they like to speak. Right. So, so, um, and I, I, 
I don't go a day without opening your email and saying, oh, what are they pushing now? Sometimes I read yeah. it and I'm like, wow, they're really big on Michael Porter Jr. today. <laughs> and then I, I want to give you a hard time. Guys, keep, keep in mind, the emails are very much out there for people that don't understand cards. That understand players but don't understand cards. It's not supposed to be a this. You're gonna make money on all these cards. It's not guaranteed. It's never guaranteed in the hobby. Everything's at risk. All that stuff. And really, what we do is we get card cards in there that matter. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take that knowledge and apply it to other players. You see that we have a select tie dye Michael Porter Jr. courtside in there. Well, go find a courtside of your favorite player tie dye because we think that those cards are valuable. This isn't us pushing you to go buy stuff that you need to that you must or that you're gonna make money on it's really just supposed to be another educational tool for you to use and i just want people to know that um that is it's a target list it's not it's not a you must buy list it's a target like hey these are cards you can look into and target and get easy knowledge on um and do more research because there's like you know there's a link in a target price in there that's about it uh but basically that that news has been running for so long now we're really trying to phase out of it into our platform which i'll talk about the end that cage was telling me about but uh super max Giannis. i'll be quick I'll say this. I was getting nervous with the days coming up to December 22nd that he wasn't going to sign the entire time. I thought he was going to sign until he showed up to Milwaukee without signing. I thought he was going to arrive the first day and sign it right when he came in from Greece. I don't like guys. I've listened to Giannis, the Bucks, and all the talk around it for years. And every single time he speaks about the city of Milwaukee, it's his home. He's never said that this is just a place I'm playing basketball and anything. This is his place. These are his people. This is what he cares about. This is his humble upbringing. He came from Greece. He was selling shoes out of a flea market. He wasn't out there in LA building, you know, a basketball empire by the time he was 14. He literally learned the game of basketball while he was like, you know, supporting his family. And this is the exact place he wants to be, needs to be. That fits his lifestyle. I mean, that's how I'm always going to be too. No matter how big Slapstocks gets, I'm going to be just like Giannis. This is my home. You know, this is what we do. This is how I spend my time with my family. Like it's never too cool for anything. Like Milwaukee is a very down to earth place that isn't, you know, the glitz and glamor, the show and all that stuff. But Giannis is making it what it is now. Guys, I've said this to so many people. Giannis will be the most famous person to ever be a part of Milwaukee ever, ever. He's global. He's worldwide. He's going to be the face of the NBA. He's going to win a championship. I, I know I can't guarantee something like that, but I just, I have that feeling. I really thought it was going to happen last year until the bubble happened. Um, but it's... Well, let's talk about the roster. What do you think of the off-season moves? Well, first off, I was really disappointed that Bogdan didn't come here. I mean, I really thought that was going to be a huge play with, with Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings, with Drew Holiday, with Chris Milton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. Like, that is a stud lineup, like absolute stud. Now you got to take out Bogdan, you put in Dante DiVincenzo. I loved Dante going uh, before the season got suspended. He really disappointed in the bubble. He had a bounce back series against the Heat. He looks a lot better, I hope, going into next season. He could really be a very talented starter and a role player for the Bucs. You think you, you think they're going to start Dante? Yeah, I do. I'm a I big do. Dante I'm fan. He went to Villanova, so yeah. I'm a big Dante DiVincenzo fan. I, I, I figured you liked him. Um him and Drew Holiday. Drew's going to be a grinder. He's going to give that defense. Giannis, guys, the length is going to be incredible on the floor. Yep. Um, we're going to be right up there, top of the East again. I really, fingers crossed, it can be a championship team, but the Lakers are scary as heck. So, yeah, so I mean, new visitors to Milwaukee. You mentioned those new free agents. You know, the Milwaukee, it's, it's no stranger to visitors. You know, the French missionaries visited in the 1600s. In fact, in <laughs> fact, isn't it pronounced Milwaukee? <laughs> hey, isn't, I don't know. Isn't that... 
Isn't that Algonquin? It's pronounced Algonquin. Algonquin. Hops, for the Algonquin, Algonquin for the good land. Do you yeah, know what know I'm saying, wrong. Aaron? Do you know what it's from? I, I, it's I because do. Andrew has no idea what it's from. It's, it's from Wayne's World. Boom. And Cage, the only reason why I knew that is Love because this man. Slap Sox <laughs> Sam came on to an in-person YouTube video with me and we opened the video. He's like, oh, I'm in the good land. Miliwake. Miliwake. Yeah, and everything. It, it was great. And it was, <laughs> yeah, so I do I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's that's Alice Cooper, Andrew, in a scene from Wayne's World. He's 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 touring in Milwaukee. They're like, do you come to Milwaukee also? He's like, I'm a regular visitor of Milwaukee, but but Milwaukee has, has had its share of visitors, the 1600s, the French missionaries. And you're like, what the hell is going on, so cool, random. That's what. The, that's what that's so random. But hey, about the roster, really good bench moves. Really good bench moves. Yes. Too. Portis, Thank Bobby you, Portis. Aaron. Guys, that's a force coming off the bench. He's important. He's yeah. going to be a scorer off the bench. Um, who else? Ben Forbes is important. A guard coming off the bench. There was uh, Tory Craig coming over from Denver, giving yeah. some amazing defense off the bench. Like guys, I really think that this is still the top team in the East. Our team, Bucks, is the top team in the East. And going to the NBA finals, I really hope that we're there. And I really hope we're competing with the Lakers because it'll be an amazing series. And, uh, you know, it, it just securing Giannis, guys, honestly, if we win one championship and Giannis stays here the whole career, I would take losing season for the Bucks for the rest of my life. It Like getting one championship for the city and having Giannis be a lifer here, it would just, I mean, I can't even explain like what he does for the city in terms of like having star power here. It's ridiculous. It's it's such a big, it's, it's so important. Like it was so important for the city for him to resign. I think um, for just from an X's and O's standpoint, I think what was really hard on the Bucks last year, specifically in the bubble, is how much the starting lineup had to carry the scoring load. Yeah. And having people that could – I'm really excited to see Brent Forbes and DJ Augustine come off the bench. Because, oh, DJ Augustine, that was a huge one. Shooter yeah. off the bench, really big. And, and they're true point guards, right? Like your point guard is kind of Giannis right now, which is yeah. a traditional – but it works. It works really well. And then you just flip it. And then you have this really traditional second unit that can run fundamental kind of basketball set. So I'm really excited because I agree with you. I think their bench moves are actually what's going to propel guys, them. Guys, and I, best, I think that's where they lost to the Heat was off the bench. Best defensive team in the league. I Yeah, for I'm, sure. Best defensive but team But they were in the, the last two years, dude. Yeah, but uh, the, the it's going to happen again, though. The, well, for sure. But the unfortunate thing is defense doesn't win in the NBA. You're right. It doesn't, but it definitely helps. <laughs> um, I'll put I, you in a position. So the the thing is that you're right. You know, if it wasn't Giannis, if it wasn't Chris, when he's heating up, who the heck was it last year? It was like no one. Because Dante, when Dante is playing bad, it's it's there's yeah. no one there. And well, they would run adds, sets for Kyle Korver, right? Like yeah, the like third best Kyle scorer Korver. was Kyle Korver, and that's yeah, just so, unacceptable. So so it matters a lot having that bench unit come in. It matters a lot adding Drew Holiday to the mix. Like, guys, Eric Bledsoe yes, is not the guy you want down the stretch handling the ball. Because if Giannis is getting triple team, you need to give it to someone. If it, if Chris isn't on fire, you know, you don't want Eric Bledsoe handling the ball. He was terrible in the playoffs. Drew Holiday provides the extra option, and it's going to be huge. I'm so excited. Me too. Wrap us, Aaron, with – first off, tell people where they could find you. And a little bit of, you know, what's the future for the Slab Stocks brand and the umbrella, like, companies underneath of it. Right. Okay. So, right now where you can find it, Slab Stocks on Instagram. That's the place that we're always communicating. That's the place we're always posting. We're getting up three, four posts a day, IGTV, IGTV videos, you know, story posts, all that stuff. Slab Stocks on Instagram. We just passed 33,000 followers. I was fortunate enough to be involved in an event with a really big sneaker brand that just gave us like, you know, it helped us gain like 2000 followers over the last day is incredible. I could not believe that. 
but uh, very fortunate for that. But slab stocks on Instagram. If you want to get into our breaks and see our website, that's really, it's really well designed. We got an awesome design team. Uh, we work with an agency in Milwaukee that designed our website and all of our uh, Instagram templates. Slabstocks.com is a place to go. There's a little green button for the shop in the top right. And you guys can see our active breaks are there going down. And then you guys can also pre-register. Oh, really quick before that, YouTube. We post like four to five YouTube videos a week. We got shows contributed from myself, from Slab Stocks Nate, from Slab Stocks Sam, and from Jamil down in Florida, uh, shop owner down at uh, Gainesville, the Mealy Pop shop. But so we got a lot of contributors. We got a lot going on on YouTube. Um, and then the, the break streams too are on YouTube. And what's to come for Slab Stocks? So I, I will say, you know, there's Slab Stocks FC and, and now Pocket Stocks. So those are two things that we're working on in the meantime. Um, those are also, you know, if you're a Pokemon fan, if you're a soccer fan, those are places where we're going to have really diehards there, you know, soccer, Slapstocks FC on Instagram. There's a lot of soccer diehards on there that actually talk back and forth about soccer that I don't talk with back and forth because I don't know about soccer, but uh, they contribute. And that's what we try really quick. I know that I'm sidetracking, but so many people out there can look at it and be like, they're adding too much to their repertoire, but I'm not claiming to be an expert in this stuff. I'm claiming to make sports cards accessible and to connect people who know the stuff and want to talk with each other. I created Slapstocks FC for people who love soccer and collected cards to go and connect with each other, to comment on posts because I have an audience that can connect together. That's why I did it. I'm not sitting there talking about soccer cards on a podcast like I know everything, like I'm telling people this is where you should be buying. I brought on 15 guests in a row or something who are in the soccer card space, no matter if they have zero followers or 500,000 followers. No one had that, just saying. But uh, I brought them on because they because they know what they're talking about and they want to connect with you guys and I can connect you guys to those people and that's why I did that um, for those people to get connected together. Now this is the most one of the most important parts. Other than our breaks right now, please I'd love for you guys to come watch. I don't care if you have a dime to spend. I just want you watching and enjoying and talking with each other and talking with me and learning some sports cards and helping me learn some things about something that maybe I don't know about. Um, I want you there for that reason and we're going to be doing streams on probably Tuesdays and Thursdays, but subject to change here and there. But the Slab Stocks Pro platform, when I talked about in the very beginning of this podcast, which is now like two hours ago. So I appreciate you guys having me for this much time. Like normally I'm like pretty much like I got, I have a schedule. I got to be creating stuff all the time, but you know, wonderful people like yourselves and just talking with me about this. It, I'm, I'm sitting here willing to give you guys the time because I love it. But uh, Slab Stocks Pro is when I talked about that stock market for trading cards that I want to create. It's been my goal since I started. It's been my end goal, my vision, not end goal, because I'm going to constantly be innovating along the way but it's really what I want to produce for the people and people want it. We got thousands of people waiting for it. Outside entity put us on pause, really hurting us right now, not letting us launch it. We are all ready to go get the data feed in, flip the switch. Boom. It's out there for people to use currently in a redevelopment stage to pivot and start producing something on our own uh, with our team really hands in there, helping you guys. It's not going to be to the scale that it was supposed to be. It's going to be on a smaller scale because we, you know, manpower just can only go so far without automation right now. But along the way, we hope to pivot along the way and see what can we do on our own or what can we do with maybe other outside entities to make something happen uh, that's further than what we're going to initially launch. So we're looking at about mid to end of February for Slabstacks Pro platform to be out there interactive where you can go on there and click through graphs, click through sales data, click through volume, click through items available on eBay right now, um, all that good stuff, create your portfolio head to head compare cards. It's going to be hundred percent free. That's one of the biggest things that we want to make sports cards accessible to people. We also want to make sports cards data accessible to people and tracking their portfolio. So it's all going to be free. And uh, yeah, we're, we're still doing it. I mean, we've hit massive row bumps. It's definitely the most adversity I've faced along this route. 
I thought we were going to have something up within a month and a half to two months of announcing it. Um, we told, we were told timelines that we thought we were able to meet. And of course we didn't meet them. And I hate that because I don't like not coming through on my word. The hard thing is that it wasn't me that, you know, wasn't doing what I said I was going to do. We did everything we said we we're going to do. And then whatever help we needed to get there just didn't come through. But we're well, uh, Aaron, you know, uh, and this is just my intuition here. It reminds me of the situation where that you mentioned the beginning of today's episode with Gary, where it kind of doesn't work out the way you think it would in the beginning. And it actually works out in your favor in the end. And I, and I, my intuition, you know, my hunch here is that with a pro tool, something similar will happen. Andrew, and here's something really important. When I say that, like something will lead to another thing. I'll tell you what slab sucks breaks. It never would have been a thing if it wasn't for getting delayed on this platform. I I've considered for a while, maybe doing breaks. We've talked about internally. People have asked us, I've always been like, no, you know, we got to get this platform out there. We got to provide the data. That's what our, you know, key part of the business is. But then I realized we took a step back and we're like, Hey, our business is talking about sports cards, making them accessible for people. We provide things along the way to do so. You know, we don't have one pigeonholed thing. I thought for a while I did because people were like, that's who they are. That's what they got to do. Then I realized, no, we can do anything we want to. That's making sports cards accessible. So we launched the breaks page and that's huge for us right now. It's keeping us going right now, leading in this platform release. And uh, you all inter interacting and buying spots helps us out immensely to get to the Slab Stocks Pro. And Andrew, you're right. I mean, a million things are going to change from the time I'm sitting here till the time we launch them, sure, in February. But uh, and even going forward after that. But we're gonna we're gonna be better off, I think, because we're gonna be building long term. We're gonna be really finding ways to help the industry connect more with our audience, not be such a brick wall between the marketplace and the user. We want to be with you guys there as the users, as the buyers, as the sellers, understanding what the pain points are of different marketplaces out there currently, all that stuff. You know, we want to be there for people and we're going to be. You know what I love? It's not, you know, you, you obviously love the cards. You love the hobby. You love the stuff that's going on. And, you know, the breaks, I'll just give you an example. We, we did breaks just for basically like a Luka Nation break. Just I, I happened to go into my LCS and he was getting playoff football boxes. You know, and I was able to get them real cheap. Kind of like, I don't know if you remember in the group, I was able to sell. Do you remember what I sold Bundesliga Chrome cage, boxes for? Cage, was it, it's like a hundred bucks, I think, uh -huh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cage, I should have <laughs> bought your entire case. Uh, they're like a thousand dollars. Dude, that print yeah. run was so short. So, I mean, but but I'm not looking to make money off people, especially you guys. We're, you know, we're friends, right? So, you know, I get them at the cost and here's what we have, right? And yes, hey, people cage, bought some. Cage, really quick. Yeah. Yep, yep. Just so you don't forget, if you ever find anything that you think that we can use, please let me know. We're always looking at supply right now. So I, I wanted to break boxes for people, you know, in our group at the cost that I was getting a match cheaper than any ones on eBay. And first of all, I asked if you're that correct because forget about it. We, you know, it was four and a half hours and, uh, you know, like it's just like, oh, you're going through them and you want to sleeve everything as if it's your own card. But one of the coolest things that came out of it was there was an account. I don't, uh, man, the memory, Reckless Cards. Boom. It takes me a second, but Reckless Cards was the name of the account, right? And, um, you know, he came in and he, he watched the break with his family. Right. And, you know, they weren't in a break. They hadn't purchased anything ahead of time. They was just someone they happened to come on our, our live stream just on Instagram. And he wound up getting in a break. He wound up getting, you know, like $29 division, whatever it was for one of the boxes. And, you know, he, he, he messaged us afterwards and he's like, look, I watched with my wife and my two kids. And it was like a family night yeah. of like watching. It was like entertaining. Cause of course, you know, I make a joke about everything. Right. So, and it was like, you know, it was funny and we got to learn about the cards 
And, you know, he messaged me, his son was a Chicago Bears fan. So I sent him some Chicago cards, some from when I was a kid, like Curtis Conway, who is his son, who's probably, you know, 10 or 11, has no idea who Curtis Conway was. But then they sent a video back of, of him opening up the cards and his son with the, you know, the Curtis Conway and all this stuff, like, thank you. And I mean, that's really cool. And I could tell that's part of what Cage, you're- Cage, yeah, that's, that's what it's about. I mean- we're trying to do so much just for the well-being of the hobby going forward, getting kids involved. I'll tell you this. I, I say this as much as I can because it's really important and it is a pain point right now in the hobby. If there was never such a thing as retail packs at Target, I would not be sitting here today. The only reason why I got involved is because my brother and I were buying 2008 Tops Blaster Boxes with Brett Favre on the cover right when we moved to Minnesota and we're Packers fans and they're stocking Brett Favre Blasters at Target. We're buying those things and opening them. 2012 comes. I'm in, high, or I'm in middle school. I, uh, I'm a huge, I just started playing basketball. I love the NBA. I love Kobe. Kobe's like my idol when I'm just starting to play basketball. I buy 2012 prism packs because Kobe's on the front. You know, I, that's the only way that I'm sitting here today that, cause I got involved because of retail packs and it's so important for kids to be involved. And I know I didn't say this before in this podcast, but the national 2021 in Chicago, we already have hundreds of kids packs made and we're about to open up a PO box to take in donations from our audience and from our uh, supporters to provide these kids packs for kids to give them a retail experience of going on a shelf and picking up a pack and opening it with their dad. I mean, that's just stuff that you can't, you can't create that by going on eBay and buying a card as much as I love it, as much as you love it, as much as everyone out there loves buying and selling these cards, you can't create those moments that keep me in it. Guys, the only reason why I have passion for this is because of those moments when I was younger, there's no way I'd be sitting here. If I just started buying and selling the first, like the, the first thing I ever did with, with cards was go on eBay buy a card for $10 and sell it for $50, I would not be sitting here today. There's no chance. It's just, there, well, there's just no way. Listen, I know Panini and Tops and those guys, they listen to our podcast, especially with a power player like you on. So how do we fix that? And that's not an answer for you to come up with right now, but I go to Target now and I see a, hey. a, a beaten up shelf with a sign that says two per customer and it's empty. Yep. Do you so, know what? Do you know what? These manufacturers, Panini and Tops, first up, I know that we've talked about creating too many products. There's got to be products that are put out for low cost, low cost for them to make, low cost for the end user. And they need to work with every single retail store in the nation on creating policies around sports cards buying. My target that is five minutes away from here, you go there, any new release that they get of basketball, of football, of Pokemon, anything that like flies off the shelves, it's behind a register with an employee and they hand one pack to each customer that comes in. Sure, maybe someone's got eight buddies that they say, hey, go buy them all. I'll give you a couple dollars per pack extra, you know. But it's a real thing that can be done. And I've seen shelves that say two per customer that no one enforces it, and they're gone. But I've also seen places like the same Target I'm talking about. I went there on the day that Vivid Voltage released for Pokemon. I grabbed four booster packs off the shelf, and there were 60. And I walk up to the self-checkout, and I start scanning them. Target employee walks up to me. Hey, there's only three per customer. Can I have the last one? I was like, oh, sure. Here you go. You know, I'll just take three. I'm totally fine with that. I literally do not care. I'd rather have them take it from me and have a kid get one also than me take all 60 and there'd be none. So there needs to be, there needs to be some products that are made that lend themselves to kids better. I know that hoops, like you could say like, oh, well, hoops is supposed to be that product. Well, it's not anymore. So let's come up with something new. You know, yeah, nothing is. I was exactly. in the Target yesterday. There was no, there's no sports cards. So zero sports cards, <laughs> none. There's got to be direct uh, engagement. And I can tell you that there probably is not right now between Panini and Tops and Targets and Walmarts. That is like, hey, you need to take these products and you put them behind registers. You can't have to stop backdooring deals, all that stuff. I mean, 
it's a lot of shady stuff that goes out there with retail, man. I've seen stuff, Walmart employees selling out in the parking lot, loads of MJ Holdings boxes. Like, guys, it has to just be regular, just, just stuff done. I'm not saying that cards have to be regulated. I'm not saying that, you know, you got to, you know, whatever. I don't know what you want to say, but there just has to be some facet to the retail phase of it that's different. I'm with you. You talk about demand, right? And you're good at finding where the demand is going to be. Well, for this to not be a bubble and for it not to go away, the demand has to come from that next generation of collector. It's got to be that kid that's going to go buy that Brett Favre in 2008. You know, it's, it's a blaster with Patrick Mahomes yep. on the cover of it. Now that's $10 and you could buy it while mom is buying clothes or whatever else is being bought at Target. And you get another yeah. generation, a whole new crew of people buying. You need that in there and we're not going to have it. Exactly. And that's why I think it's so important for the people that are out there right now, like you with Ian, Dad's out there right now. If you're buying selling cards and making a lot of money off them, please help your kid get some packs. Please help your kid get involved. Whatever you can do, it matters a lot. Every Friday please. we're opening. And you, there's stuff you could find, guys. You know what? Tomorrow we're opening a blaster of Prism NASCAR with a 10 bucks. Exactly. exactly. So, <laughs> it's just something open. <laughs> and, and guys, kids don't care if they're pulling out the card that every other person on Instagram wants. They don't care about that. They just want to get their hands on cards. I only was buying 2012 Prism because they had Kobe on the front. Prism was nothing in 2012. It's the first year the product ever released. I literally didn't even probably know what Panini really was other than that I knew that they made all the basketball and football cards. And I bought it because they had Kobe on the front. That's how kids connect with stuff. They relate to things. They don't care if it's Trey Young, Prism 2018 base. That's a PSA 10 of $725. Yep, 100%. So All Cage, right, Aaron, I listen. Cage yeah. really quick, I yeah, appreciate you with, with getting Ian involved. I want to say that because you're one of those <laughs> people out there. That I hope that people like get a model after, and I'll do the same one day for my for my kid. Listen, he loves you guys. Um, you know, and you know, every once in a while you might get a message from him. He'll just send you a picture <laughs> of one of his cards. That's what he does. And he's like, I message slam I'm like, leave everybody alone. Just do it. Hey, <laughs> Ian, whenever you want, send me a picture of your cards. Well, listen, here's the deal, right? And be, be a good member of the of the hobby community. I love that you're doing those kids' packs. You know, Andrew the other day sent a, a gift. You know, it just comes in the mail and Ian opens up. A, it's got a jaw PSA 10 hoops, you know, winter version of it for Ian's yeah. collection. He opens it up. He's like, oh, this is amazing. I mean, that's exactly. cool stuff. It really is. You know, but then right? he says, wait a second. It doesn't <laughs> snow in Memphis. That's what he said. <laughs> There's snow on this car. It doesn't snow in Memphis. He, but, yeah, but Kate, you know, as Ian said, uh, what is it? Rewind it. Yeah. It was because you opened the hoops premium and you it didn't have three of the cards, right? Yep, it was missing three cards. I had I bought a Hoops Premium box from Target. You know, it's a complete set that has supposed to have two hundred cards yep. in it. It had one hundred ninety-seven cards, and really? one of the three that was missing was Zion. No, no. Belonging. And I got a Zion back from PSA that day as Zion Hoops. So I mean, the big man up top. You know, what, what can you do right. when there's serendipity in the air? Like it was that? sealed. I don't want to say a Target employee yanked out the Zion. I have no idea, but it was literally three cards missing. It's one hundred ninety-seven cards in it, and one of the cards wow. missing was was Zion. Crazy, right? Because that's what you buy the set for. Yeah, you know, you buy sure. the set for Zion. Well, well Luca Nation, I, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. It was a marathoner. Oh and yeah, Cage, rap, rap us. Listen. Guys, get on. If you're not on looking at, at Aaron's stuff with, with Slab Socks, you have to. Um, you know, when I got back into this hobby big time uh, a couple years ago, it was, it was one of the first places that I checked myself. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have pretty direct access with Aaron for the last two years and change, you know, in an Instagram group. Um, we have those groups. 
you want to join one with us? Get in one. Maybe I'll get Aaron to join one, and we can have like this lab staff group so he can come in and chat with you because he's got nothing else to do with his time. But right. check out his pages. Check out his graphs. Some of these things are – it's amazing knowledge. And if you take nothing from our marathon episode other than this, it's all about the due diligence. It's all about there's no shortcuts. It's all about the more work you put in, the better it's going to be, the, the better the product you're going to get out of it is. Become an expert in something. Research a player. Research a sport. Research a sector. And go ahead and buy it with the knowledge that you give yourself. There's no shortcut there. One of the great ways of getting that research now is because Aaron's already done it. He's put that stuff in. And when Slabstock Pro comes out, it's going to be even more amazing to use. But check his posts out. Check out, you know, the breaks. Not just fun, but, you know, educational. Um, you know, and he's just one of those great resources that's out there. And, you know, interact with him just like you interact with us because he'll comment back. Might not get to every one of them, but he'll comment back. I mean, he comments when I post too. He usually tells me, uh, Cage, you're an idiot. You're wrong. But it's okay. I mean, that's, that's half the fun. That's because Cage thinks that... Up. Cage thinks that the market's dying. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I mean, listen, somebody has to be that that doomsday prepper. Cage, somebody Cage, you, you know, I've been telling you for like a year now. I'm like, dude, you're wrong. <laughs> yep, for a year, for a year, for a year. And, but, you know, he had, here it is. You go take it back. I was selling Luca PSA 10 rookie cards for uh, Prism for $65 a year and a half, two years ago. When they, and I'm like, there's no way these things go up. And then Aaron's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're, you're a moron. And, you know, sometimes he's right. Sometimes, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot more legs to this. And hey, I'm know, wrong for, too sometimes though. It happens. It happens. More frequently for yeah. me though. But listen, we appreciate you spending so much time with us. And guys, check out his page and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get this up as soon as possible. Today's, are we putting this up today, Andrew? We'll see how I feel. All right. Well, if, if you Andrew, get it up. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta love it. Listen, he, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys we appreciate it day goes. see you guys take care. Yeah, brother. thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the lucas tigers and bronze oh my podcast um do us a favor and like subscribe now nah, you know what don't just like and subscribe everybody does that if you like us tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your enemies tell everybody And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.